Some of the content of Patriots Unfiltered may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The world's original podcast. Welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. But I think everybody would be happy they, they've addressed the offense today a little bit. That's a joke, right? Oh. Just like their is that fourth a joke? round picks. Is that a joke? What? How did you not get it done? I mean, I, I'm beside myself. It's Vincent in Wilmington, North Carolina. We are watching Bill and the success of the Patriots wither away. Uh, Nate writes in, defense is going to be fine. It was fine last year. I love the secondary as is. They make plays, and Bill will make sure... He causes chaos for opposing offenses. Don't ever change, Patriots. It's, it's like back those back-to-back emails say everything you need to know. That's why I do it. Shut off the cameras because of uh, the NFL. They said we're taking away viewers too handsome. from TV. Too much said, handsome. Like, actually, you're going to be able to see more of Deuce on Patriots.com. I thought you were going to tease my ca- my upcoming calendar. The boys of PU calendar is going to be coming out. Deuce uh, on the loose. Sean in Rochester, New York. What's up, Sean? Oh, my birthplace. Really? You were born in Rochester, New York? I, I, I learned not, something about yeah, him yeah, every I, show. I, 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 moved, I moved. It was a rest stop, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> this is Patriots Unfiltered. Fueled by Duncan. All right, welcome to Patriots Unfiltered. It is Tuesday here at Gillette Stadium, Tuesday post-draft. So we'll be uh, getting all our post-draft reactions from Deuce and Alex and Evan, Paul, myself, Matt in the booth. We got lunch bought to us at Jersey Mike's from who? Who Who bought lunch today? Kevin in San Francisco. Kevin in San Francisco. Thank you, Kevin. MVP, Kevin. We love you. So we're going to... Somehow get that food here, but fate's uh, gonna effort that for us. Yeah, the problem is it's only a Jersey Mike's in San Francisco that we can get it from. So, <laughs> so that's a long trip. Yeah, it's gonna be a long yeah, delivery. Faith, you gotta have faith for that kind of trip. Yeah. yeah. See you next the week. Faith, the faith. Yeah. All right. Um, so here we are, Tuesday, uh, after the draft. How are we feeling? You know, anything? You know, now that we've been able to digest all of this, thoughts? Anyone? I'll jump in. Um, I feel good. I don't feel great. I don't feel like overwhelming. Like I think they nailed it. I think there's some intrigue, but you know, I think there's definitely some questions about these guys. The three things I think will define this class is how good can Gonzalez be? Can Keon White actually be like a three-down problem? And do one of those two receivers develop? I mean, those are kind of the questions for me. That those three things will probably determine whether or not this draft class was a hit. A couple guys I'm excited to see out on the field in a couple of weeks, but. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at. I don't know. I guess lukewarm. I guess would be would be it. Yeah. Um, which I guess you should generally be for a draft anyway. You don't know exactly what you got till you get a, a glimpse of these guys. But I, I don't know. I, I'm still a little bit you know disappointed that they missed out on on some of you know just I think as Evan kind of alluded to you know just a real needle mover on offense. They didn't get one of those um, barring one of those six rounders. Yeah. You know, surprising everybody. Yep. Anyone else? I feel great. Yeah, you feel great. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we're the most positive sports narrative in Boston right now. Wow, well, about what that? About, no, Red just... Sox, go Red Sox! <laughs> oh, true, right. Let's go Shout Red Sox. Two Rudeau. games above five hundred. Uh, <laughs> but they're hot. These Minor kids victories. are getting hot. I love it. Anyway, no, I appreciated that my Twitter followers were like fifty-fifty happy and upset. It wasn't one hundred percent upset. Um, I don't know. I thought I obviously don't put as much credence pre-draft as um, some of my coworkers at this table. So I kind of just really enjoy waiting, seeing who we get, listening to them speak, listening to their availabilities, and I feel like we have a really articulate, smart group of guys coming in, and I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I know they were trying to move up, and had they done that, we'd have different players here. 
Um, but I, I'm happy with the first three picks anyway. I, I really, I'm excited. Obviously, Gonzalez, uh, but this Keon White guy intrigues me. I think, like you said, Deuce, three downs, inside, outside. I think, I think they can do a lot with this guy. Uh, and then Mapu, I mean, let's see how the peck is if he can go right away. But I think he also has the versatility, you know, to be in the modern day NFL and, and you know, add speed to, to the defense. So I'm, I'm, I like what they did with the defense. All the other guys, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. You know, Butte, if, if he can get his act together, maybe he, he's a, you know, diamond in the rough. You needed a punter and a kicker. Do you have to spend a fourth-round pick? Maybe in this draft it didn't matter. So I'm fine with them picking up a punter and a kicker in the draft. You know, I uh, made some calls yesterday. People around the league get the, the scuttlebutt of what other people think of the Patriots draft. And I think there's a lot of just general kind of meh about what they did in rounds two through five. Okay, I think that... Most people I spoke with feel like Keon White will be an NFL player for a long time, will be a really solid contributor, but maybe not a game changer. And uh, I think that was the general feeling about him as a prospect coming in. You know, he's got he had has first round physical attributes to him, you know, the size, the length, the athleticism. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people felt like I did that there is maybe a little bit something missing from his game. And I think the other thing that I didn't really consider um, that some of the people I spoke with did is, is his age and the fact that he's 24 years old already, which means that he's physically tapped out. Like this is pretty much what you're getting and maybe he'll make some improvements with his technique and his processing and things like that. But for the most part, physically he is who he is. So did, did anyone that you talked to talk about what his supporting cast looked like at Georgia tech in the front? Uh, not, not so much. No, but maybe that that's something that he was the guy there. And, and that, I think that that's the general sentiment that I got about what the pick means for their, their team. And I, I think that the idea is certainly to, complement what they already have and not necessarily come in to replace anybody i think that that's the general thought is okay now you have keon white christian barmore dietrich wise godshaw inside with judon and uche on the outside not uche is not going to be here in a year so we drafted this kid to replace him i i think it's more about the collective of putting that whole group together the the feelings on Mapu are all over the map. Yeah. Some people had him as a priority free agent, you know, sixth round, seventh round pick is usually when those types of guys go if they do get drafted. Other people see what the Patriots see in him and, and saw him as a as a top one maybe not a hundred, but top one twenty five type of guy. I, I saw Mike Reese did a report that they were trying to tr- actually trade out of the third round. So I think that maybe they've even felt it was a little early for Mapu at, at that point as well. But I think that the overall theme of, of the conversations I had was they got guys that should be on NFL rosters that can play in the NFL. They just don't know if any of these guys are going to be needle movers or difference makers or whatever way you want to put it. I think that a lot of these guys are like, yeah, like they'll, they'll be fine NFL players, but are, are they going to be game changers? Not based off of the, at least the opinions of the people that I, I spoke with. 
Yeah, I, I really like the first two picks. We talked about this all weekend. I, I mean, I, I thought Gonzalez was excellent. I think we all were um, for one of the few guys that we were really universal on. Yeah. Um, and I, if Keon White ends up being kind of like the guys that Evan talked to, if he ends up being like that, I think that's an excellent second round pick. You know, difference makers, you know, needle movers, generally aren't available in the second round. Right. Like I'm not telling you they can't be. No. But like, like, like Evan said, with those kinds of measurables. If he was a needle mover, he would have been a first-round pick. Now, I'm just looking, like, because I'm working on his profile. Yeah. I mean, talk about nailing it. I mean, the Beast had him 47 overall. You took him 46th. There you go. Like, I mean, I, I think, yeah. to Evan's point, you got guys closer to where most people felt. Yeah. Those are the two picks I, I feel really good about. You should feel best about the ones that you pick early. I have reservations about the third-round pick. doesn't surprise me to learn that they were trying to move out of that. I talked to Mike about that a little bit. Uh, earlier, and um, I, I I just think that that kind of a pick, I don't think you needed to take in the third round, but whatever. I, we'll see what he ends up being. Um, and out of, of the day three picks, there's two things that that I would say. Number one, the pick I like the most is Booty. Uh, I, I think it's hypocritical, and this is what I said on Saturday. I don't think he will pan out, but I love the pick. I absolutely love rolling the dice on a guy who has some talent, Um who you know, may or may not have the maturity to go along with it. I love the idea of that in the sixth round. I think that's what you do is when, when those kinds of guys are available, you take a flyer. Yeah. So I, I yeah. love, love that pick. Um, and the other thing, I was just surprised they didn't get more aggressive to try to move up. Well, mm-hmm. I, I think they tried, but I think everybody was doing it. And yeah, there was a record amount of trades. Yeah. you know, Everybody else seemed to be able to. They do don't it. like us. Yeah. Everyone's against yeah. us. Yeah, I think <laughs> – yeah. I think the one position that you have to look back on, and Gro was asked about it, and he mentioned that the guys they had on their board at tight end flew off the board yeah. early. They watched and, the parade go by. And you wonder, I think at 46 they were locked into Keon White because Reese also reported that Keon White was on the short list at 17. Yeah. So they really liked the player in Keon White. So I don't think they were taking Luke Schoonmaker in the second round. That was never, a, I'm sure, a conversation in the draft. And the, the ones that are going to come out that are – we're going to play that game with, you know, it's two or three years down the line, are Tucker Craft and Darnell Washington in the third round. You took Mapu over both of them. They both came off the board within five picks of Mapu at the end of the third or middle of the third round, I guess. And if those two guys, if one of those two guys ends up panning out at the tight end position and you passed for for Mapu, then that will be the second guess of, you know, why why wasn't Darnell Washington in that conversation? He seemed like such a patriot prototype in terms of the size and the blocking ability and those types of things so we'll see i think those are the that's the biggest second guess for the draft to me is why no tight ends and why some of those mid-round guys over some of the tight ends that went in the third and the fourth round yeah yeah so what what does this say now about the offense you took some three interior linemen that's not going to really help the 2023 patriots offense probably uh, unless, you know, Andrews goes down and maybe you've got a, a good center, uh, rookie center there. But otherwise, there's no additional targets for Mac Jones other than what you have right now. You know, I'm I'm just I'm not counting on the two receivers that they yeah. pick to, you know, even make the 53 man roster. Uh, they, you know, they might be practice squad players or whatever. You know, I I just don't see whose place they're going to take. You never know. But. For all intents and purposes, the depth chart 
going in in terms of targets is how it is coming out. Yeah, well, so what what are we thinking now? I mean, I would just say one one thing on that, like they didn't really replace Nelson Aguilar leaving, so I do think that there's a you know a wide receiver spot generally. You know, I, I it shifts every year, but I would say generally there's a spot available. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not going to bang the drum and say either one of those guys is going to do it, but I, I just I think it's it's Bill O'Brien, it's Mike Gesicki, you know, it's Juju Smith-Schuster. That I mean, those are the guys that you're counting on to get things right this year on offense. And I mean, I do, I would just say though. You know, like I, I keep asking myself, like, well, Mike, what did you what did you think was going to move the needle on offense? Like, other than a first round pick, once we got out of the first round pick, you know, maybe there was one of those tight ends that could move the needle. But I just, you know, I, I'm asking myself in retrospect, did what was I hoping for? And I, I think I was almost, right. I wasn't putting a name to my claim in my well, head. That was but a day, no, but day two guy. My yeah. name was a trade. My name was Jerry Judy. Yeah, and that's a name to the claim, and that's I'm that, trying to put a name to the claim. That's like what that, I was and I'm yeah, like looking for. at who but was I think available. You guys were talking a lot about. Day two uh, receivers, whether they be tight ends or, or wide receivers, you guys both like downs more than me. I think who didn't go till? I mean, he was more your guy though. You know, like they, I mean, but he in, in, he went two picks after they picked Mapu yeah, in the third day three. round. So he's yeah. like, I mean, to the tight end. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and that's like I'm not telling you that they would have moved the needle, but I think that there have been a lot of guys drafted over the last five years at that position that have done that. From day two. Oh, we talked about that yep. a lot, right? I mean, you that's know, it. Didn't yeah. have to be a first round receiver because I agree with their assessment of the receivers. As a total aside, and I don't want to like bog this down on you guys, but I, I saw the thing that Mike had about you know Keon White being a consideration at seventeen. How do you how, how do we feel about that? Because it, it worries me when I read stuff like that. When a guy gets taken thirty picks later, and you were gonna you, you were comfortable taking him, that that kind of Worries me. And, and they weren't doing backflips like they were for Gonzalez. Like, if you still got a player that you were ready to take at 17, like, you know, because we didn't really get the same sense of, like, oh, my. It's just you got the sense they feel like they nailed the Gonzalez pick and they were lucky to get him. You'd think that that would be the same attitude if that was the case, yeah, right? Yeah, but that I'm not would, even. I'm, you I mean, know, it does sound like they really love him. I'm not fixated on, like, the whole, you know, Evan was trying to bait me all, Friday, uh, all uh, Thursday night. <laughs> like, I'm not going to fixate on that they clearly didn't love Gonzalez or they wouldn't have rolled the dice. I'm not yeah. fixated on that because they got him, and that's yeah. all that matters, and I think it's a good pick. But that's a big gap, 17 to oh, 46. Yeah. Huge. Like, to me, that's showing that you didn't know the board if you thought that that was a guy that you had to take at 17. And now they, did they feel like they were lucky that he was available at 46? Well, they, when you, they, you they, say they had to take at 17. Maybe they just on their board, he was he was rated that high. Right, that's what I'm saying. Oh, no yeah. one else's board had him rated that high. Well, I, I just I guess well, the or one, he wouldn't have been available. Uh, the one pushback I would just have on that is I do think that scheme comes into play with these boards. So sure. the Patriots' view of Keon White is going to be different than teams that don't play a two gapping yeah. three. And four. that's why I preface the whole thing because I, I I don't need it's it's a very subjective thing. And now it's I'm not, defending Keon White. It's, it's not <laughs> something. No, and I like Keon White. I, yeah. I I've really like yeah. I didn't know a ton about him when we when we drafted him. I said that Friday night when we drafted him. But you know I'm I'm looking I'm you know doing some research and trying to get my profile ready for him. And I'm I, I do think that he's a, he he could be a valuable player on this team. I don't think that he is a impact player in the passing game which was the one thing that i that i had mentioned friday yeah. but i think he's going to be a good player so i have no problem with the pick i think it's a really good second round pick i kind of look back at last year like cole strange clearly they were the only team that was even thinking about cole strange when they took him so could this have been a cole strange where they're taking they, like they could have taken Keon. Yeah. let's say for, for yeah. argument's sake washington took 
Gonzalez instead of um, Forbes. Forbes. Do we then take Keon White at 17? And we we never would have known that he would have been available 30 picks later, but he yeah. was. Right. Like I, that kind of stuff. I mean, I know it's I know. a crapshoot and all, but that kind of stuff kind of well, worries me. Where did that is that Reese reporting that they were thinking of? Yeah, he yeah. said that there were four guys he knew that Gonzalez and Keon White. I'm sure he knows all four, but he didn't report all four. And then uh, if you put because uh, they didn't get the other two. Yeah, if you put Breer's spin on it of Jameer Gibbs, yeah. I guess that's three. So we're kind of wait, waiting on finding out who the fourth guy was. I, I just ba- putting my Patriots, you know, brain on. I would think it would be okay, but, Deontay Banks but, from but Maryland, see, now, but I don't know. You know, so I don't know where Mike is getting it from. But like, what if the Patriots got that information out there so other teams thought they were interested in Jameer Gibbs or, you know, I, I like I don't know. Well, Detroit put it out there. They Detroit told, but they got it Greer. from somewhere. Detroit, he, yeah, Detroit. Right? No, but Detroit got it from some. Like they thought that the Patriots might be interested in Jameer Gibbs, but why? Because Detroit told. Albert why Breer did that. Detroit think that? I don't know. Why because Bill, Bill, Bill O'Brien's why, the offensive coordinator. The why did exactly? Why did the Patriots think that yeah. the Brian, the Brian Jets Brian's were going to take Broderick Jones? No, but but like because you, you just you just do no, like but, you just have a feel. No, but you there's stuff going on out there that you have moles or you have people that I think Evan just gave you a very plausible no, example. But, but but sometimes teams put out these things so other teams think, ooh, they're interested in Jameer Gibbs. We got to take him. Well, I also would say that the Lions. It are, happens, Paul. That's how but, it works. But like, okay, so what's the point? It's it's smoke. What's screen. the point? Who? Okay, so they didn't. They didn't want but, Keon. So they didn't really want Keon White. At no, possibly they didn't want Jameer Gibbs. I don't care about Jameer Gibbs. He went six pages earlier. Yeah, I'm talking about the guy that they could have picked at 17 that they picked at 46. No, I'm just saying uh, this information. It's it's not always. Well, I think you know. I think accurate. what we try to do sometimes, and when I say we, I mean the collective media talkers you know the analysts we try to paint everything in such a positive light i don't think that paints them in a, in a positive light i think that was put out in a way to say wow what a great job the patriots did. they got two guys that they would have taken in the first right, pick right that's yeah. and i look at it as like they were going to take they almost took one guy way earlier than they needed to yeah yeah and that's and then one of the big thoughts i had coming out of this draft i don't know why specifically this one was like i really wonder how big the patriots board actually is because part of me wonders if there's like it's 20 guys like i mean literally 20 guys and that's when they get to the point where they're just like mapu no i don't know that's what we got to do take the punch you know take the kicker yeah i would say that uh based off of what we've heard in the past on that 75 players I think is it, max would be their their Which board. Which includes probably like twenty players that we've never even heard. Right, of. and in a year like this, it might even have been yeah. even smaller because this this draft was a little bit watered down to begin with. So, Evan, you did some you, you did some uh, research yesterday, you know, when talking about the draft. I'm just curious if you talked to anybody that um, indicated that that booty was taken off of anyone's board. No, I actually got a lot of really positive reviews on Demario Douglas. And I, a player that I think that, um, you know, the Patriots went into, Gros said that they went into the Shrine Bowl, but the, uh, you know, the people I spoke with, it was really the Malik Willis season that, that put Demario Douglas. That's my concerns with him. On the, on the map. Um, and then the Patriots went into the Shrine Bowl already knowing who Demario Douglas was and wanting him on their Shrine Bowl roster. And I also heard that they put a pretty hefty install in on the offensive side of the ball to test the guys mentally. And Demario Douglas was one of the guys that was up late at night 
you know, going through the playbook, going through things and, and really had a good grasp on what they were trying to do. I think the one the, the obviously the frame and he's five foot eight, you know, 179 pounds, I think it was 179. So he's small, but I think the one thing that, uh, that people that I spoke with, cause my biggest question was, well, he's got a really similar frame and he's got a really similar athletic profile to downs and Zay flowers. So why do they go first and third round and he goes sixth round? And I think a lot of people pointed to uh, he's a little bit raw in his route running. He's kind of good at what he's good at right now, but he doesn't have like a full route tree of routes that at his disposal. And he doesn't play on the outside. You know, those guys have at least some, especially Zay has some potential to play on the outside. But Douglas, I think everybody felt like was a, a true inside guy with booty. I didn't hear that he was off anybody's board. I think the biggest thing that people question about him is, is that guy that the 19 year old booty is that, does that player still exist? Like regardless, of the off-field stuff and getting him locked in. Careful with that 19-year-old booty. You can get in trouble. <laughs> it gets you uh, in trouble. Physically. Right on the edge 19, there. Good it's fine. Right on the edge there. You never know. <laughs> I, I didn't even hear that. Said <laughs> didn't even hear that. Uh, physically is is the ankle and is he does that explosiveness still exist? Uh, because I think a lot of people are making that pick out to be, well, if they can just get him on the tracks mentally that he's, he's going to be fine. That's only part of it. Evan's right. The other part of it is that he had two surgeries on the same ankle because it didn't heal properly the first time. And 2022, he did not look like he had the same juice as he had pre-ankle injury. So he did start to come on later in the year, though. SEC championship game against uh, Georgia at over 100 yards. So maybe they're that further we get removed, but then the combine wasn't good. So a lot of people are concerned about if that guy still – still exist in him but like he was originally going to go back um yeah and yeah it's not basically part of the family. basically brian kelly said like, you're, you're no out longer of part of the family and right, he, yeah. he ended up opting out of the bowl game and yeah. and declaring but to evan's point it there, there it's twofold it's maturity and physical um and then like there's talent there there's no doubt i mean we've seen the highlights we saw there's there's one clip that everybody's putting out there of him absolutely dusting forbes yeah. on a on a slant i think and that was that was takes my it. fault sorry <laughs> um so the 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 other part of it is like you look back the freshman year is what really got him like he as a true freshman stepped in and ended up having a start because guys ended up leaving and it was it was him and he had a great year but about i'd say 40% of his production came in one game. He had over 300 yards in one game. I think he finished with like <laughs> 750 yards. Yeah, against Ole Miss. Uh, that year. Um, I think there's a lot to be intrigued. Like I said, I think it's a fantastic six-round pick. Because like, if it – let's just say he like flames out like epically. You've lost nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's only something to – this is truly one of the – the Patriots fans point every transaction into a – you know – uh, uh, all risk, no, you know, I mean, uh, no risk, all reward. This one is truly that. Yeah. There's nothing lost and if, if he doesn't make it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it reminds me a lot of those times when they've gone and gotten, like, first-round picks that have flamed out yeah. in the league and haven't quite worked out. I mean, you know, it's, it's this kid was, like, a, t- a five-star recruit. I mean, he, you know, it's just one of those guys that is a natural receiver that's dripping with talent. I, I'm, I'm with you, Paul. I love the shot on it. I love to see just what he looks like when he gets out there. And I think you heard it from Mac Rowe, too, like directly like he was talking to Kayshawn Boutte when he did his press conference right after, like it's going to be up to him. So they're, you know, laying down the gauntlet for him. If you want this opportunity, here it is. It really feels like the injury is the bigger deal than the off the field stuff to me. I think he's a kid that 
almost had a great opportunity taken away from him because of his off the field antics. I don't think people do that twice. I don't think and mm. like you are who you I think to get in trouble with. at a school like LSU is really hard. <laughs> really? I feel yeah. like it's really easy. Really I think they, they have they fun over, down there. They overlook everything. But they this have like, so much they get this is crazy like, though. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave the other one out. I just feel field. like you put him in New England in this locker room and like you are who you surround yourself with. Like I think Aaron Hernandez did all kinds of stuff at Florida and got away with it because you get away with that stuff at those programs. Right. It's a different world now, though, when Aaron Hernandez was in college. <laughs> I, I Stuff's th- way more online if, like, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm giving the kid a chance. Like, if he wants to come oh, in I've, here, oh, he's got oh, I'm giving him a chance, but I think the, the, I think the maturity is room. as big a part of I agree with Evan. I think it's both. I think it's. I think the maturity is a big problem. I to think be asked, grow up. I to think be sort of asked to leave to by a up. guy in his first year, like... I also just think that, you know, talking to everybody that I keep on gravitating back to Douglas because that's the that's a Patriot type of guy. Douglas is the type of guy that's going to be here 12 hours a day working on on his craft, studying the playbook or, you know, he wants he has that drive. I'm not saying that Butte doesn't necessarily have it, but just based off of what we've heard about him, he's not wired that way necessarily. I agree. He's the guy that just has so much talent that he steps on the field on Sunday and he's just better than everybody else. Douglas is the worker. And and I think the one comp that I got for him that made me excited was that he's like if Marcus Jones was full time on offense, like that's the type of player they can, uh, you know, throw the gadget plays to him. They can throw throw balls to him down the field. I, I don't know if he'll be as explosive and electric as Marcus Jones was, but that was the general feeling was that that's sort of the skill set that you're getting with him. So what an interesting study, though. I mean, you know, I just like a lot of the draft for me now is just like who who am I curious when we get out on the field just to see how they move and. Like you laid it out, these two guys, both six-round receivers, draft pretty close to each other. You know, kind of, kind of some definite differences in how they have gone about things. But what, what's it? Because I feel like there is an opportunity for one of if one of those guys Absolutely. is consistent, can be out there every day, catches everything that's thrown his way. I think he's going to get a chance to contribute to the to the offense this year. But I don't think there's a guarantee that either one of them do. I'm just crossing my fingers. One of them, yeah. but it's an interesting competition. Yeah. If one of them pans out, it could push Kendrick Bourne off the yeah. roster. Well, there's that's four. They have too. four receivers, right? I yeah. mean, Tyquan Parker, Thorin, yeah. and uh, Bourne. Yeah, there's room. And, um, there's room Juju. for so. But Mike said that at the beginning fifth of the show. Receiver. Right, there's room for a fifth receiver, but a contributor. Like if if one of these guys is just here, yeah. that's one thing. If the, one of these guys is so good in the offseason and in training camp that he establishes a role for himself, it could push a guy like Bourne off the roster. Yeah. That would definitely, to me, I think the be- better odds are that being Booty, assuming that he recaptures what he had early at LSU. Uh, but I think with him, he's either contributing and on the 53 or he's out of the building right, right like i think douglas is the type of guy that you could put on the practice squad and develop and behind the scenes and maybe he's not ready right now but he's ready next year uh, to try to make a push for the roster booty is not the type of guy that you have on the practice squad like he's either going to be on the team or he's going to be into somebody else's <laughs> i mean effort was a question in college before he was getting paid right yeah. um we mentioned Booty had a good game against Georgia. There's another player that the Patriots picked that didn't have a good game against Georgia, and some people think that might have contributed to him being available at 17. That's Gonzalez. Yeah. But there's some context around that, I guess. First game of the He's season. He's a Patriot. <laughs> First game of the season. But, I mean, you know, it's uh, he didn't he didn't look great. I mean, he looked not physical and, you know, got run over a couple times. But, I mean, I think Evan, Evan dove into it too. I, I, I don't know. I, I think there's – 
I want a cornerback like that's athletic. I don't really like. I, well, that's fine. Like they have every cornerback out here can tackle. Like you're telling me like, I don't know. I mean, he's yeah, he's next level athletic, but I don't know if he's a good tackler. I'm like, I'm past that point. I, I think agree. they need they he's need also, guys who can cover, and that's what it's about. And, yeah. and even in that game, you can see how next level athletic the kid is the way he moves in space. But, you know, I, I was not impressed with some of his, you know, I mean, they got run over by Georgia. They weren't ready to play. They, they got run off the field. Yeah, the team itself yeah. wasn't ready. Yeah. Yeah. First year coach. It's hard for like one cornerback to stand out. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, I was ready to play, but the other 10 guys <laughs> yeah. sucked. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's hard. That, that's hard we're, to put that on one guy. I, I think that this is probably, there's, cons- I have other issues with him uh, on film, but, None of them are glaring, and this Georgia game thing is just so ridiculous to me. But it's not out of the norm for top corners. I think you know the the guy that really stands out in this is AJ Terrell, who got torched by Jamar Chase when he played LSU in college, and it it, it caused him to fall. And now he's a All Pro cornerback in the league. So uh, J- Jalen Ramsey, similar thing. He had one game, you know, back in in his day, didn't cause him to fall, but he had one thing, one game where he didn't play well that had everybody sort of questioning it. Uh, with with Gonzalez, the the plays that people are talking about against the run with him are him trying to take on pulling tackles or Darnell Washington at the point of attack. And if you didn't want to draft a corner because he can't take on a 270-pound tight end coming at him at full speed in the running game, then I I guess you just didn't like the player. Like, I don't know. Like, that that's why you're not drafting him, I think, is a little bit weird. And then the, the one real catch that he gave up, he gave up a couple screens, and the one real catch he gave up was a 18-yard touchdown on a perfectly placed – back shoulder where the guy the receiver had to toe tap in the corner of the end zone to get his feet in bounds so could he have played better in the game yeah absolutely wasn't his best game by any means but i think some of the the nitpicks on that one are a little bit egregious i do think that they're a little bit egregious um and i agree with with that notion um i just wish with him just for the ease of mind and you know we all love the pick but i wish there was some examples of the other the other way Okay, so he went up against Georgia, and, you know, they didn't play very well that day. I wish that they went up against USC and, like, Caleb Williams with, like, maybe Jordan Addison, you know, but they didn't. They didn't play. So instead it was, like, picking on a 111 Colorado team. You know, I wish there was right. that other side that I could say, well, yeah, he struggled against well, Georgia, Stanford, but he, he, he didn't really Michael get Wilson. a chance. Yeah. You know, he didn't really get a chance to play against, a, a you know, a really top level. And I don't really think Georgia's a top level offense. I think Stetson Bennett stinks. <laughs> well, he, he did but, play against Michael Wilson, who was a third round pick this weekend and really played well against the, at the Senior Bowl. And he took him out of the game. So that was the one. Yeah, I like I mean, I like the player. You don't have to sell me. On yeah, the player no, anymore. Yeah, I mean, at Georgia, I, I, the Georgia game, what I was really impressed with was his coverage ability. I think he held up. Uh, really well in coverage and then against Michael Wilson in Stanford he was a lot more physical in that game than he was in the Georgia game so again it's they're running these these crack tosses and these sweeps trying to get the DBs in the in the run game and he's got you know 310 pound tackles and Broderick Jones coming right at him and people are saying that oh well he didn't take on Broderick Jones and make the tackle that's not what I'm paying him for (laughs) yeah I know I know but I'm just saying but that's what that's what the the conversation is about is uh, when it comes to that Georgia game. All right, 855-PATS-500 is the ace ticket hotline. Web radio at patriots.com is the email address. Uh, Take a quick phone call. Um, Let's see. We've got Anthony in Seattle. What's up, Anthony? Hey, what's up, my people? Hey. Hey. 
Hey, you guys can hear me all right? Yep. Yeah. All right, great. Hey, um, I got a rant today. Uh-oh. And uh, so first and, first and foremost, I love the Gonzalez pick. All right, so that, that's who I wanted. Now, full disclosure, I don't watch college ball. But, you know, uh, Evan taught me that I loved uh, uh, Christian Gonzalez. Deuce taught me that the only guy worth trading up would be Christian Gonzalez, and that would be dream scenario if we could get him, but that we shouldn't expect that because he's not supposed to make it outside of the top ten. So when he was on the clock at 11, or Tennessee was on the clock at 11, I mean, that's when I started calling for trade-up. I'm like, you know, we got a good relationship with Rabel. Like, can we get this pick? So for sure when he falls to you at 14, just make the pick, man. Like, why are you playing around? Now, here's my problem. Now, we still got the guy, and I'm ecstatic about it. But here's my, my issue with Bill Belichick is he's going to still look like a genius because it worked out. But you're going to gamble that pick. You're going to play around with that pick because when, they, when, when the clock came on, uh, uh, when they got on the clock at 17, the 10-minute clock only made it to 9. They picked him immediately. To me, that means he was the guy at 14, and he gambled it. So you're going you're gonna to risk losing your Batman so you can pick up an extra Robin later? Like, that is just silly to me. And for a guy who claims that he's, he's always about the best interest of the team, that seems like he was more so trying to show that he's the smartest guy in the room once again. And that can backfire. I mean, first off, Washington picked the corner, and I think they probably picked the wrong guy. They should have taken Gonzalez. But what's worse, we'll man, if the Jets take him at 15 and pair him up with Sauce Gardner, also you can get an additional fourth, man, that is a fireball offense. I'm sorry. Thank you for the six titles. Goodbye. Don't even let him finish the draft. Yeah. You go from looking like a genius well, to looking like an old man. I mean, who's Anthony, lost his you're right. If you're right, if that's the only person they liked at 14, but apparently they had a handful of guys that they were willing to, you know, pick at yeah. that position. You know, and, now, and any one of them, insight. any one of them would have been a guy that they would have been happy with. I wouldn't at read. I mean, that it Thanks, irritates Anthony. me, but I wouldn't read into the amount of time it takes. Like, so they go from 14 to 17. What do you think that they did during that time? I think they were probably constantly, yes, constantly fielding calls for trades. They realized there isn't one that we like, so what are we doing? I, I try. I, mean, I had plenty of time to, to make a move, and I, I do agree with Fred. I don't think it was one guy. I think they were probably comfortable taking, uh, you know, a handful of guys. I mean, that's the. I mean, and it, it, and if they, Anthony's right, if it was just one guy and they were just gambling, yeah, yeah then that's stupid. But I don't believe. But that. I do and think it was a, it was a somewhat of. A, I don't think anywhere near as strongly as Anthony about it, which is why even um, even I wasn't willing to argue about it, and I still am not willing to argue about it. But it was a risk for the hundred and twentieth pick. To me, it wasn't worth risking losing any of the players that you liked. If you could say that like there were three players there, and I would have been happy with any of them, well, I want my choice of any of the three. So you risk losing one of them anyway. I just you can't know, get mad about it. For the 120th, that's, that's, that's my point. Like, I just can't I don't get, feel like, strongly enough about it to get mad about it, but it was, a, it was a, to me, a needless game. If Gonzalez went, if, you know, this happened, if, it, well, it didn't. Like, so they, they, they got the player. Like, I have gripes about the whole rest of the draft that are more important than arguing about well, whether but, or not they should have taken him at 14. Because it's not important to me and you doesn't mean it's not important to other people. They, they felt strongly about the guy they took. And wish that the Patriots felt as strongly. Like for you and me, I, like I'm with you. I, it, I understand why people are wondering about it. It's not something that's keeping me up. Yeah. But also, like all the calls you're making on draft day, all the teams you're in connection with, is it 
I mean, you guys would know this better than I, but is it plausible to imagine that the Patriots might have had a really good idea who was going to go in between those two it's picks possible. and thought they were okay? It's possible. It's, you know, that they knew that none of these people would take Christian Gonzalez. Yeah, I, I think it would be a I better— I think it's more possible that they had a handful of guys that any one of them they were happy at 17. Yeah, and, and I just don't—I I think it would be more um, believable if Washington didn't take a corner. Like Washington taking a corner, they yeah they might have loved Forbes because they didn't think there was any chance Gonzalez was going to be there. But, yeah. he, but Forbes but is or, also a much or different player. They may have liked Forbes better, but he's also a much different player. Like this is where I think that you know we were talking about Keon White earlier. This is where scheme matters in the draft because Forbes is a zone corner. Forbes is a ball hawking zone corner that's going to play off and going to going to go and get the football. He's not a press man corner that you're going to have shadow receivers like Christian Gonzalez. So in Jack Del Rio's system in Washington, Forbes makes more sense for them than Christian Gonzalez does from a schematic standpoint. So if you have those two guys, now I didn't, but I'm looking at it from a Patriots prism. But if they have those two guys relatively close and the scheme fits better with Forbes, then you're going to go with Forbes. So I don't think it's just comparing. They were right. All right. uh, We're going to take a break. Subs are here. Uh, We'll be right back after we're full. (laughs) Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no. Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning, and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. 
There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Patriots fans, you'll want to check out the replay on this one. Pat the Patriot is stealing the show tonight with his Bank of America mobile banking app. That's right, folks. So here we see Pat cheering and then whammo. Is that Bank of America life plan? Looks like he's saving up for some big future moves. Planning the next vacay, huh, big guy? And wait, now he's paying back his buddy for concessions using Zelle? No penalty there. Incredible. No way. As if that double move wasn't impressive enough, now he's beefing up his account defense with security meter? Holy cannoli, what a performance. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive, Patriot fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash banking. You must be enrolled in online banking or download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Member FDIC. Want to get into the game? Get coached up at Dean College. Equipped with exclusive academic partnerships featuring the Patriots, Revolution, Providence Bruins, Summer Baseball, and more, our classrooms are set up for success by learning directly from the pros. Dean College has programs in communications, sports management, business, and marketing with unprecedented hands-on experiences. Our students take what they learn in the classroom and put it right to work in the marketplace. At Dean College, our students don't just play games, we run them. Visit us at dean.edu. Verizon, the network America relies on, and the official 5G network of the New England Patriots. Patriot Place is the region's number one shopping, dining, and entertainment destination. Shop your favorites, including Vineyard Vines, Express, Bass Pro Shops, Petco, and more. Enjoy dining at one of our 19 restaurants, including Six String Grill and Stage, Scorpion Bar, and Bar Louie. And don't forget about the entertainment. Explore your inner artist at Muse Paint Bar. Watch a movie at Showcase Cinema Deluxe. Or grab a controller and start gaming at Helix Esports. For a complete directory listing, please visit patriot-place.com. How did Verizon build the fastest 5G in the world? We started by building it right with 5G Ultra Wideband. Then we gave it massive capacity and near zero lag. And it's not just fast, it's 25 times faster than today's 4G networks. This is 5G built right from the network more people rely on, only on Verizon. 5G Ultra Wideband available only in parts of select cities. Global claim based on open signal independent analysis. 25 times analysis by Ookla's speed test intelligence data Q2 2020. When someone accidentally threw away the school play costumes... Oh, no! Replacements were shipped with FedEx. And with picture-proof of delivery, everyone could focus on the perfect opening night. FedEx, where now meets next. For residential delivery only. In sports, if you think joy only happens after you win, think again. 
Look at the world's most successful athletes like Serena Williams, Brooks Kepka, and Alex Morgan. They don't spend all their days grinding away. They take time to enjoy themselves, like getting together with friends over a Michelob Ultra, because they know that happiness is the key to winning and that joy is the whole game, not just the end game. Michelob Ultra, 95 calories, 2.6 grams of carbs. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Enjoy responsibly. AB Michelob Ultra Light Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Some people are never content with simply being good. Not when they can be great, but it takes a big step to get there. In fact, it takes a leap of faith, a belief in what you're striving toward, and a willingness to make the commitment, day in and day out, to something bigger than yourself. Putnam is proud to partner with those who share their own commitment to performance excellence. This is Matt Light for Putnam Investments, a world of investing. There's no season better than football season. And there's no better place to get in on all of the action than with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy sports partner of the New England Patriots. To add to the thrill, DraftKings has millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs every week. So head to the app now and check it out. If you haven't tried it yet, fantasy football is easy to play. Just pick nine players, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for yards, touchdowns, receptions, and so much more. There's no better way to put your football knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at $1 million in total prizes. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week. That's promo code PATS to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes every week, only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And now, great moments in history. You're not really. That's like Paul, you know, slamming down the D'Angelo sub <laughs> because <laughs> he didn't like the. You know, didn't happen. It's it's all performative. <laughs> it's performative. Yeah. It didn't good. happen. It happened. It's quality turkey right there. <laughs> it was it was so funny. I mean, he says it doesn't happen. It happened. I, oh no no, that didn't. Ha- I didn't slam a. First of all, I wouldn't do that. We to, were all sitting at the table. I dudes. wouldn't do that. He to comes food. walking up because we're waiting for the food to be served. You know, he comes walking up, <clears throat> sits down, and just puts the puts the sandwich in the middle of the table. If if he wants just to say that I walked yeah. through the press box with attitude yeah. Yeah. Oh. to let everybody oh. know. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I would, yeah. That's a, I would I absolutely I'd, I'd cop to that. Yeah. Did like, they put it down with vigor? And then when you sat no, down, no, what no, did no. you do? I just put the I put my sandwich right. down and sat down and ate it. I wouldn't do that. No. So you weren't trying to make no. a statement. You didn't no. Just, he, no, 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 no. No. Didn't necessarily say I wasn't making a statement. <laughs> he put it right in the middle. Of I the had table. one too many pieces of chicken with a bone in it. <laughs> he, he put right in the. It was it was a, and, and we all were pain. And everybody was pissed. Oh. But I was the only one that did and, anything about and it. And we were cracking up, like like we were all laughing because we knew what he was doing. It's like I've had it. I I literally I literally went to the line, turned and said I. Can't do this again. I'm going. I'm going to D'Angelo's, and I went to get a sub. Yeah. And I was back oh. in ten minutes, and they would die. They, Fred's right. They would die and laugh. That might be me on steak tips next week. That's another great moment from. I like Paul. Everybody was pissed, but I was the only one that did anything about it. Right. Like he's Norma Ray, you know, <laughs> just making a stand. It was like drop the mic, only it was drop the sandwich. Yeah. Like you know, was, ah, that's it. Nah. it. It was very funny. No more chicken with a bone. It was very funny. Very funny. <laughs> Uh, back here in Patriots Unfiltered, 855-PASS-500 is the Ace Ticket Hotline. Web radio at Patriots.com is the email address. 
Uh, Alex and Evan left for the Matt Judon availability. Oh, Juju. Oh, Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster Smith availability. Yeah. Paul left for a camera. Uh, he's got to film something for All Access TV show. Uh, they'll be back. Yeah. Um, yeah, they'll report back how the uh, Juju avail was. This is the yeah. first one uh, since he signed. So. Yeah. So it's Deuce and I. Matt in Carlsbad, California writes in on web radio at Patriots.com. I've been listening since 2008, and Paul, you've always been my second favorite on the podcast next to the legend, Freddie Kay. <laughs> it was extremely enjoyable listening to your change of heart with Evan. You went from hating the guy and pretty much calling him a fraud, which culminated when you asked him why he isn't coaching in the NFL. Wow, huge rocket shot. Please don't deny it. But after some time, he won you over, and now you're clearly an Evan fan. Nice job, Paul. I'm proud of you. Also, I, too, love the value of the booty pick. <laughs> I think probably would bristle at quite a quite a couple of things there uh, from that email, but uh, well, but he did. He asked Evan. I mean, I think that's a good question for Evan, though. And I don't think it was a shot. It's like, why don't you coach in the NFL? I just think, why don't you? Do you have any aspirations to coach? Because he clearly loves that side of the game so much. Um, and I also would say that I don't think that he's enamored with them yet either. So uh, both sides of the coin with that one. But yeah, they're they're fun together. Uh, let's get to the phones. Uh, Patty and Agawam's been holding on. What's up, Patty? What's up, Freddie and Mike? Hey, How buddy. you doing? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, just wanted to touch on White. I'm really excited about the Christian Gonzalez pick, and that they've never taken a, a cornerback that high before to develop. Like we've gotten when Belichick got here, we obviously had Ty Law. You know, they had uh, Akib Talib, who kind of flamed out in Tampa Bay. That we resurrected his career. Steph Gilmore, like you guys were saying during the draft. You know, they, he was drafted pick number 10. He, I don't think he ever really hit his peak until, like, midway through his first year here. But I'm, I'm excited to see, like, what, you know, what, what he can be and do in, in like, a, like, this year and next year, you know, and throughout the life of his rookie contract. And hopefully, I mean, if, if, if he's a player, they, they, they sign him, you know, when his yeah. rookie deal is up and they have him stick around. Absolutely. I think it's a good point by Patty. It's just Thanks, Patty. like, you know, because we've seen them take receivers. I guess they kind of took um, Gilmore to the next level, but certainly Revis was really good before he got here, and, and he was really good here after, you know, a similar kind of, I'd say, breaking in period. I'm curious what you guys would say about that. But, you know, we've also seen them take undrafted rookies and, and, and change them into, you know, starting caliber cornerbacks. I don't think we've ever quite seen them get a ball of clay quite like Christian Gonzalez, who's just so athletic. I mean, that's – one of the things I'm just excited to see is just his athleticism on the field. You know, you, just, you talk about like Barmore's burst, like that's just something like his relentlessness. That just in training camp, you're like, man, this guy is a handful. Just to see how Gonzalez moves in space, how well he's able to match against you know coverage against some of these guys and uh, NFL players as a rookie, and he's 20 years old. So I mean, you've got him for five years. So yeah, you know, he's just it's it's exciting to think where they possibly could develop this kid with their track record of working with corners. As far as I can remember. I mean, we've taken cornerbacks in the first round, but never this high before and never one as highly rated as this guy. So it'll be curious to see, you know, what a highly rated cornerback looks like right out of the shoot in training camp. It's like Ty you Law. Know? I mean, I, even I remember as a kid watching Ty Law out of the gate and just being like, this guy yeah, looks like was, an all-star right immediately. I, I, I guess I'm, I what, I don't correct know myself. Where did he get selected? I don't yeah. know. I guess I have to no, look No, he that was up. first round, and he was yeah. pretty high um, out of Michigan – I'm um, trying to think where he had. He just look had the look. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he he did. And you know, and I just 
remember when Rivas got here, you know, like even at his age, he, he just he just did it differently. Um, but it, it, I, like I 23, said, 23rd overall. He was 23rd, yeah. So, But he was highly rated. Oh, yeah, yeah same was, kind of thing. He was highly and rated. you could just tell, like, he just has that look. Yeah. Like, you know, he always had it. He always, I mean, you give him 24 too, and it's even better. Uh, Dylan in South Carolina. What's up, Dylan? Can you hear me? Yep. Kind of. All right, guys. I just wanted to call in and let y'all know I've been listening to y'all since I was 15 years old. Wow. And it's the first time I've ever called in. And uh, y'all have pretty much raised my football mind. And uh, I just wanted to say thank you over the years. And uh, it blows my mind year after year when you guys get rid of Eric and Andy and y'all continuously bring guys in that are entertaining and knowledgeable. Like Evan, I never would have thought Evan Lazar would be as big as he is on this show. But he's one of the main reasons I tune in. It's kind of unfortunate he's on the phone call right now to let him know that uh, he doesn't. I was all over Gonzalez too, man. Well, he's, uh, he'll he'll hear it on the podcast. <laughs> he's probably listening right now, just in case we said anything about him. Yeah. No, but that's great. I, yeah, that is awesome, Dylan. Thank you for uh, for listening since you're 15 and and the compliments. I appreciate it. I I would. Just... Yeah, man. Uh, one last thing. Um, I grew up in uh in South Carolina where he's Gamecock fan. Cool story, so pretty, pretty pretty familiar with Stephon Gilmore, and uh, when I see Christian Gonzalez, that's who I see: a long, lanky corner, uh, man corner outside, and uh, I think Bill Belichick is going to do big things with him. Well, let's hope. That's great. We'll see how. Thanks, quick. Dylan. Yeah. I would say, too, just uh, my own, like, since Evan's not here, I'll give him a compliment. It was just, I mean, it was fun getting to kind of get pushed by him in the draft this year because he knows so much. He just does so much work on all these guys, and it's fun to come in. And, and you know, I would, and we tried not to talk too much because we didn't want to get, like, the group thing going. But it was really fun when we'd kind of have, hey, Evan, let's talk about Devin Witherspoon. You know, just bring in somebody that I had kind of watched on my radar and, you know, to get his point of view. And, I mean, honestly, a lot of the times we kind of had, similar thoughts on guys. I mean, I think it's probably because both of us were raised by kind of watching this team and what this team looks for and what kind of players they like. So I think our opinions are often similar, but he just, uh, he does so much research and, and depth. It was, it was a huge asset to the draft show this year. Uh, let's see. John in South Carolina says, Paul's right. Fans are idiots. <laughs> um, it's been two years in a freaked up COVID year that screwed up everyone's plans. The Patriots have had to replace their offensive coaching staff, defensive coaching staff, and almost do a complete team rebuild. I feel all the fans that are ready for a change at head coach are 100% delusional. When Brady left, I thought, well, we have five tough years ahead. Bill Belichick's worst skill is drafting talent, always has been, so I always expected the rebuild to take more time. I never saw another Super Bowl before he retires. We are just spoiled. Love the draft shows. The guy who turned it off can fuck off. <laughs> okay. Does that mean like the video, I guess? I guess. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Let's go to uh, Willem and Philem. What's up, Willem? Uh-oh. How are we doing, William? Can you hear me, Fred? Yeah. yeah. You all right? Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm okay. Okay. I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, I, I heard you, dude. I know you probably think, like, oh, we're about to go in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready, man. You got you, you bring it every call. Okay. Come on. I'm, I'm okay, man. I just, oh, God. You know how Bill do. So that, yeah. I mean, it is what it is. <laughs> um, uh, I just had a question for Evan first. So, hey, Evan, um, you talked about Twitter. Evan's not here. You didn't ever say. Yeah, Evan's hanging oh, with Evan's Juju right oh, now. Okay. 
Yeah, he's um, coming back later. Yeah, I mean, so can you talk about the quarterback that we, um, I guess we that was undrafted that we picked up, which was um, Malik Cunningham. Yeah, Malik Cunningham. Uh, Louisville. Yeah, call him undrafted Lamar Jackson. <laughs> uh, runs like the wind. Really, really. Uh, I mean, I'm intrigued by that. Like, he's got great speed. I think he's got some short accuracy based on what I was research. I did uh, deep ball, not so much. Um, but it's hard not to look at him and just see him, you know, sprinting up the middle on on the kind of Lamar Jackson plays, and not at least be interested to see him in camp. But also just wonder if there's you know a roster spot for him, uh, maybe on the practice squad at least, just to get him ready for like the fields, the the Lamars of the world that they just had no answers for last year. So. I don't know, but I'm I'm intrigued. I don't know if there's any kind of if anybody's going to make the case of oh maybe he makes some noise as a quarterback in camp. It seems like generally people don't really think he's got that skill set. But is this he's, a guy he can run and he's open to a position change? And they gave him okay, I think 200k. Okay. That was my question. So they gave him some money yeah. to come here. So they they you know they is, wanted it, him. is there a possibility he could play another position? Yeah, and that's okay. the reports going around yesterday that he's open to that. So we'll see where he ends up. But he's another guy that you know just interested to see in camp for sure. Yep. And and I mean we talked okay. about DTR all the time about getting a quarterback that. Can and run this kid can't throw the yeah. ball like DTR can, but but I think he can run probably maybe a little bit better than he can. Okay, okay, all right, thanks, William. Thanks, William. Uh, Eldred's in North Carolina. What's up, Eldred? Hey, fellas, how y'all doing? Good, hey, I got a question for you. NFL Network gave Bill an A plus for, for the first day, an A minus for the second day. And an A for the third day in draft. Mm. Do y'all believe in that crap? No. Uh, I mean, I believe they did it, but, I, you know, did they give anyone a really bad grade? Yeah, they gave, uh, I've got uh, Detroit uh, a C, and, and some some other teams C, but B's. And, but he but they gave Bill A, minus, a plus for Gonzalez, A for the uh, second day, and an A minus. Excuse me, eight miles for the second day, and an eight for the third day for the people they picked. I'm like, are you kidding me? All them linemen yeah. and a punter, where you could have got receiver and a tight end. Yeah, yeah. And I, if you didn't get the tackle, I don't know. You know, so I, I can understand that. Maybe it's just because they took nine. Guys. I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're like basing it on uh, just the player rating or based on team needs or I you know I don't know how they do but I, I don't put any stock in any of that no oh, okay. grades uh Deuce one more question yeah. Deuce yeah yo uh I see we got the two corners speed yeah. and um the dude out of Jackson yeah, State that was trained by um trained by by Prime yep what do you think they fit in and if they slow what? Uh what they got in the sixth round. Well, what do you well, think about speed ain't slow. Speed speed's speed's got a four three. Uh you know, I hate saying oh they might be special teams guys, but I, I do think that there's an op, you know an opportunity. I think both guys have decent size, though neither one of them are as small as, you know, Marcus Jones or, you know, Jonathan Jones. So they do have that going for them. I just it's a it's a kind of a weird cornerback group. I was looking at it. There's some guys that people probably aren't aware are on the roster named Quandry Mosley and Rodney Randall that were, you know, some late season signing guys uh, early off season. So uh, I don't have high expectations for those, those last two picks. Um, but I do think that it's, that there might be some opportunity there. It's just, it's like all the special teams guys. There's so many special teams guys. How's that all going to play out? I tried messing around with a 53 man roster. I, I didn't find it all that hard with guys I really wanted to keep, but it's all these, you know, B level cornerbacks, interior offensive linemen. How's that all going to shake out? Yeah. Thanks, Aldred. Appreciate the call. Uh, Matt and Devin UK writing in at webradio at patriots.com. First, great draft coverage, so thank you for that. It was great having Evan during the process this year. Rather than Eric, he was 
like upgrading Rex Grossman with Tom Brady. <laughs> wow. Uh, I've got one statement and then a question. I said to myself that if we managed to get Gonzalez, then I wouldn't complain about anything else that happened in the draft as we would have finally selected my favorite player, but also a talented player. But why did Bill have to ruin it with the rest of the draft? I just don't get why he doesn't take it seriously. My question is for Paul, who just walked in. Um, do you think that we should trade for A.J. Brown? As sure, What happened? Who's, who's deleting emails here? What is going on? Uh-oh. Like, one by one, these emails are being deleted. Wow. Right in front of me. Like, I'm not even touching. Oh, my God. That is so weird. Someone wants to trade for A.J. Brown? Again? I don't think he's available. (laughs) But, yes, I would trade for A.J. Brown. (laughs) Yes, I would. That's so weird that all these emails just got deleted. Anyway. That's weird. Wow. I'll I'll try another one. See what happens. Uh, Mike writes in, I have no problem with the draft other than not grabbing a tight end. They appear to shore up the kicking game. Added a few receivers that potentially could fit. Drafted speed, which we all have been complaining about them doing. It appears Duggar and Onwenu are out the door next year. I hope they are both a priority. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. I mean, I'm probably with you. The writing's got to be on the wall with Mike Onwenu. Um, I, I don't. I mean, I don't want to say he's he is gone, but if you look, all three of those guys to me, watch a little of those three linemen they took on day three. They're all like Big Mike. They're all just big maulers. That that kind of style of play. Uh, it's not hard to see them just – and, I mean, honestly, like, that's how it should be. Like, you shouldn't be franchising these guys. Like, you should be taking day three picks that have a year to develop, and then you plug them into the lineup and you, and you let these guys go. As for Duggar, I don't know. We'll see what Mapu looks like. I mean, Evan thinks he's going to be a linebacker. I met him on, what, Friday. He didn't look like a linebacker in person to me. Like, I don't know. He's just – he's thin. He's, he's tall and thin. He's not – he looks more like a tall safety to me than, 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 a, than a small linebacker. So I know they asked Bill about putting weight on him and all those kind of things. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't sign off on Duggar just yet. I mean, he's still the youngest and probably in the best of that group, unless unless. But there's can something Duggar play the McCourty position, or is that a waste of his I don't, athletic I don't ability? Think, I mean, I think he could. I just don't know if it's making the best the best use of him. Is right. his, his best skill is his physicality in the box, his size. I mean, he's close to a linebacker size at this point. I mean, he hits like a truck. So. Hard to say. I just I don't. I'm not really too concerned about that Devin McCourty thing. I think that they're going to have some combination of Jalen Mills and Miles Bryant and Jonathan Jones and those three guys who have been in the system for a while and have played on the back end, and they'll kind of do it paint by numbers. And maybe eventually somebody emerges as a full time free safety. I but think you need that. It's a you know, if if you expect your free safety to be sort of like the quarterback back there, it's better to have a guy. Yeah. Then have a rotation, and it's always a different voice. Yeah. I agree that. with you, Fred. I think yeah. it's more of a mental thing. Yeah. Like whether or not a guy has the physical skills. Right. I, I think Mike's right. I think you could probably have Jalen Mills back there. He might be the guy mentally that's been around. He's, yeah. you know, has experience. Uh, Jonathan Jones Certainly. clearly has the speed yeah. to do it. And, and uh, you smarts. Know, yeah. So that's what I'm, I'm worried about with that spot. Not, n- not that Devin McCourty wasn't a good player, too, but, you know, I think we got an Ask PFW today just talking about how good the Patriots have been in recent years at, you know, not allowing those big kind of plays. Yeah. And, they, and they really have. Yep. And they credited McCourty. I would 1,000% agree with that. Yep. This yep. being a big part of the reason for that, and is that a concern? And I said yes. He did it for a decade. It is a concern because yep. you're losing him for the first time in a long time. Yeah. Paul, uh, we had an email who um, was really congratulating you 
on your uh, Evan evolution. I push back for you, Paul, on both things. I assume it was a s- sarcastic. If no, they're, if they're, no, if they're no. Congratulating they give you no. a lot of credit. The first one, the first, the first point was that was that uh, that you uh, you bottomed out when you asked him if he ever wanted to be an NFL coach, which I said wasn't exactly true. Like you that you were busting his chops. That why don't you go coach in the NFL? I said he didn't say NFL coach. He just said generally like why aren't you into coaching? Why, uh, why, why do you waste your time with peons <laughs> like me? Was really the tone. And then the second one was like. And now you got now you love them, and now you guys. And I'm like, I don't know if that one's true either. <laughs> yeah, I think Evan would push back on that. <laughs> Anyways, somebody gave you a compliment. They were. Uh, let's see. It's evolved. Enrique from Monterey, Mexico, was listening to your last podcast, and I want to make one observation. And Paul will back me up here. Bill Belichick, yes, was Lawrence Taylor's coach, but just X and O's. The one that really had to handle Lawrence Taylor's off the field personality was Bill Parcells. For all you younger people out there, you have no idea what a nut job Lawrence Taylor was. Coke addict, party goer, prostitution, etc. And Parcells was the only one able to bring him down back to his senses. Belichick learned to deal with difficult players from Parcells. That could be true. Okay. okay. I know. Pa- Belichick right. learned a lot more from Parcells than you think. Oh, I'm sure. You know? I mean, how could he not? I mean, uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> I've always said that. Okay. Uh, I Bill Parcells is a Hall of Fame football coach, just not in the Patriots Hall of Fame. That's all. That's and, he, all. and how long was Bill with him? I mean, like 84 to 90, something like that, somewhere in there. I mean, it's probably close to a decade, right? I'm not sure somewhere the numbers. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. Adam writes in. He is from Louisiana, maybe? I don't know. Um Super optimistic about the draft this year. Gonzalez is going to be a stud. Our next lockdown corner for the next five to seven years. Uh, Second point out of three. Any idea when the preseason schedule comes out? I would assume soon since the regular season is released next Thursday. It it could be this. I mean, opponents usually come first, I think. And I mean, it could come this week, I would guess. I think next Thursday is when the Rappaport reported. Yeah, it could come before after. I mean, the, the... Preseason schedule isn't done the same way as the regular schedule. It's done between the teams, yeah. Um, with some league guidance because some of the games are national. But um, you know, it could come before, you know, the regular season, or it could come just right after it. You know. Yeah, we, I mean, I remember getting like sometimes opponents, get, yeah. and then they tell you like, then it'll be this day. Like and, they give you, well, the they week. give you the weekend. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like August eighth uh, through eleventh. Yeah, or anytime between six p.m. and. 8 p.m. You know, they sometimes they don't know that because the teams are hashing it out because of concert conflicts and stuff like that. And finally, who do we think we open with? I think it'll be primetime versus the Jets. Um, well, I do think it's interesting. A that Monday nighter against the Jets would not be yeah. a dumb pick. Yeah, that's I like what the email is thinking. Yep. I, I do think it's interesting that there was some type of delay in getting the schedule done up in the league office because they were waiting to make Lamar official and to make Rodgers official. Oh, is that official. right? Yeah. Wow. And then look once look that, at that insight from Fred Kirsch. And once that became official, it's like, okay, we, we need to get 
more Jets games in prime time, and we need to have Ravens games in prime time. Because that, and I understand that. Yeah, quarterback driven league, let's, right? Let's you Look know, at you, Freddie Kirsch. If you, well, if you have, breaking it down, were you in those meetings? Are you uh, in those meetings? No, they time? don't include me in those meetings. Uh, they don't include me in any meetings. Surprisingly, <laughs> no, that makes total sense. I didn't. Re- I don't really give the schedule a whole lot of thought. Obviously, I like it. I but think, I think you got to consider the obviously the division opponents, and we know what the Jets have done and what the buzz is. And I, I mean, I love when they pick games that kind of feed from the offseason narrative of like, all right, this is all kind of building. Are the Jets going to jump the Patriots and you know put the Patriots down and into, into third or fourth place or fourth place? Uh, I like it. I like it. Um, Jack and Ann Abba, by drafting three interior linemen in the middle rounds, are the Patriots indicating they are going to move Cole Strange to left tackle? <laughs> I don't think so. I'll tell you what, though. I mean, Cole Strange does not look like those three guys they drafted. And they played left guard and right guard. And uh, I know um, – I, can't, geez, I, can't, I, can't, I don't have all their names right off the top of my head just yet. Um, City Sal. City Sal played some left Jake tackle. Andrews. But City Sal's the oldest of and the, everybody. And the other guy. <laughs> City Sal's going to be 25 next yeah. month. So he's old. Uh, I know Six it's years. going around 55 right start, now. something I like mean, that. I mean, played a ton. Uh, so I, I don't know, but I, I, I didn't totally, I'm not going to lie. I did think a little bit about like, is this some kind of cold strange? I threw, I threw it out there on, on Saturday and I was summarily dismissed. Really? By you, you guys. I not so much, I not so much you, Mike, cause, I've never do that to you. cause you don't do that to me. No, no. You're smart. Um, I, I just find it. They drafted a couple of backup. They, they drafted two day three offensive linemen last year. They draft three day three offensive linemen this year. I can't imagine that that's just about Michael Owenu. Right. Like, because they're all basically interior guys. Like, four out of five of those guys, I would say Andrew Stuber's probably a tackle. Yep. Like, the other, the other four guys are interior guys. So, yeah, it's it probably an indication that they didn't love Chase and Hines. But it's also an indication that they're worried about the guys they have, the starters that they have. David Andrews is what thirty one, thirty one injury issues. You know, yeah. and and I I just do I think Cole Strange is going to lose his starting job? No, I don't. But I don't think it's just something that you just dismiss as out of hand. Well, you've got somewhere to go now. If you had to had to bench him again, and I mean, if you're thinking about replacing Andrews, I think I, correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't he get pulled from a couple games that Andrews was missing from? So you know, maybe you wonder. How reliant on the veteran was he to make him look better last year? That was the narrative. Uh, Scott in Florence, Mass, uh, speaking of Cole Strange. Florence, Mass. I'm not familiar with that. Florence. Florence. There is a lot of criticism of Belichick as a GM, which I think is deserved. However, a fair amount of that criticism recently focused on the first-round selection of Cole Strange in last year's draft. As evidence of Strange as a failed pick, people often point out that he was benched a few times during the past season. I find this criticism. I find yeah. this criticism Just annoying. Me. Everyone knew that Cole Strange was an athletically gifted but undersized guard from a small school and that was and that he was likely to experience some growing pains before reaching his full potential. Plus, he was thrown into a dysfunctional offense without an experienced line coach or coordinator. My memory is that the offensive line itself was unsettled for parts of the year due to injury or poor play among the other players. Strange is reported to be a hardworking athlete and he seems to be a decent human being. He himself has said that he needs to gain weight during the offseason, and I'm assuming that he's on a training program to achieve that goal. Uh, Criticize Belichick as a GM all you want. Myself, I've never recovered from the Dominic Easley pick. (laughs) But to criticize Cole Strange as a player at this stage seems stupid. Uh, Well, he was a first-up. Let me ask you something. 
is it stupid to credit Marcus Jones as a player? To credit him? Yeah, to say he's a good player. Is that stupid? No. Say I'm happy with that player? No. Is that dumb? No. No. Why? He because he is. Good. No, because he played well. Yeah. And it's just as but you know, it's it's just as fair to suggest when a guy doesn't play well. But it would be stupid to say that's how Marcus Jones is going to be for the rest of his career. No one's saying that. And neither is anybody saying that Cole Strange can't play. No, but they some, say he struggled as a rookie no. and he was overdrafted. Paul. And that's a bad pick. Some people say it's a bust. Yes. It's not a bust. Year one was a bust. That's not what I just said, and you know it. Okay, well, what do you think is going to happen? I don't you think know. he's going to end up being but, like a first round. But pick? I think I think it's just as stupid to say I know he's going to be a Pro Bowler as I know he's going to be a bust. Same way with Marcus Jones. It's not just as stupid to say the second part because he was a bust in year one. He wasn't anywhere near a first Pro Bowl. First of all, he wasn't a bust. He was Fred. Oh come on! For one year, like I'm not saying that, that ends his story as a player. I didn't say you said. But that. in year one, he was in and out of the lineup due to performance. And I like the emailer said we knew he was going to struggle his no first year. i didn't i don't pick first round picks as plug and play guys that i know are going to struggle listen listen then it's a bad pick it's not one, a bad one of the two has to be true well we'll know it's a bad pick in a few years but right now See, you can't is, say that. this is my whole thing about it's, offensive linemen it's, it's not why fair. you can get away with taking offensive linemen because no one will ever call them a bust you just did. I will, but no one. No oh, one will. Paul is the only one. Oh, see, Paul. Now, now, now he's going to completely change the narrative of this argument. Be snarky, no, no. make fun of me, Other so everybody p- laughs at him. No, and then we'll just completely ignore island. the fact. You're not on an island. Yes, people do not declare offensive linemen as readily busts you, as Nikhil Harry. You are not on an Was island. Was Nikhil Harry a bust? You are not on an Was island. Was Nikhil Harry a bust? Yes. You, okay. You are not. Was it okay to call him a bust after one year? No. Okay. It was not. And okay. you're consistent. It's what do you want okay. me to tell you? It's not okay. What do you think he's going to be? Cole, who? Cole, Cole Strange. Strange. I think he's going to be a fine NFL player. Okay, I don't. Okay. I don't think he has fine NFL skills. You know, I think I think he's going to be okay once he... I know, don't think fig- he'll be as good as Isaiah Wynn. I, well, I disagree with that. He but just stays healthy. Yeah. He, could, he could win that. I. Uh, I, I, I'm hesitant to call him a bust. Put me in, the, in that anti one just because he he played every game. I mean, but I I'm not the calling points. him a bust today. I'm saying he's going to be a bust. Last year was a bust. Last year was a bust. Last year was. A I bust. don't think there's any argument against that. But I think he is trending toward that direction, not toward the All Pro uh, a Pro Bowl. No, sorry, and I would, Fred said Pro Bowl. Not and all I would pro. say to the emailer's point, we've seen some video of him this offseason. He looked the same size to me. So I you know I don't know what we were expecting, but I do think that. He'll be like he's a target because he was overdrafted, but I think it is worth pointing out. Yeah, he'll always be a target he because plays, of his draft. See, he's no, always, ab- but he's always going to be considered to be fine because he's always going to be playing until he's no longer a Patriot, just like Isaiah Wynn did, yeah. who was never really good but was always considered to be fine. But that's not until, true either. Until they decided, I don't want him playing anymore when he got hurt. That's not yeah. true either. I think Wynn's problem was as much as want to and attitude as, as his ability. I think when he he, he had. Good games. He, you know, he, I think he's a talented player. Certainly had player. better games than Cole Strange did. Yeah, I think he's a talented player, and I think, you know, it, it goes beyond But, like, just, to your it, point, like, this is one of those things that we'll argue about probably for three years because <laughs> that's, that's what you and I do, yeah. and we enjoy it. 
you're going to say he's going to be a fine player, and I'm going to say he's fine, and we're going to mean totally different right, things. Right. Like to me, fine for for a first round pick is an indictment. No, no. I listen. I, <laughs> I especially I, a guard. I'm, I'm and, not, I th- and I think he'll be fine. I'm not because he's a guard, yeah, and it doesn't matter. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that they should have picked him where they picked him. Yeah. I'm that's not all, saying but that's that. all the emailer is saying. But, but that doesn't I mean, mean he's uh, a bust. Fighting yeah. against. You right, know? Right. That's all the emailer is yeah. fighting against. People saying that is it wasn't where he should have been picked, and you agree. I agree with that. So he's you, he's arguing with you and me. Yeah, I because I we agree on that. Yes, you just brought it all back around. That was perfect. <laughs> yeah, like this is not about like the guy can't tie his shoes and get on the field. Like I think that it's just readily apparent when a skill position guy can't, like Nikhil Harry. Like it never looked. Mike, the first day of training camp was the the year before you got here, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the like yeah. you could see it in the spring. Like this no, guy I, can't I, play. Yeah, yeah. It will never look like that for an offensive lineman. Right. As right. long as he's playing, no one will ever say that because they don't know. I know. And that's and that's the same thing like watching the three guys that they just drafted. I'm like What's wrong with these guys? These guys look fine. Like I don't, like, you know, like I could watch Cole Strange's film and be like, I don't know. They, they all seem like they got a nasty attitude. They love to throw guys down to the right. ground because and finish. average guys and, like you know, and me will watch City Sal and Michael Owenu and not see the differences. I'm gonna have to bring Greg Bedard on the show. That's Co- all there is correct. to it. Correct. Bring bring Greg what and Evan, it? and they can hand have their little hand. talk, and they and they, they can break it all down, <laughs> and they'll tell you why you're wrong. Their little talk. <laughs> <laughs> Little talks of, of monsters. They'll have their talk and they'll tell you why you're wrong. And hand placement. Go, and what was it? Hand placement. Violence, footwork, quick strike, drop yeah. and drive, pin and pull. Like I, I mean, I can hips. I can make up terms too. Like it, it, it doesn't mean that I know how to use them. You know, one one show. You know how we used to do things to set up Eric, like you know. We should do a show where we come on and we come up with all these fake terms and see, like, if if Evan like chalk like says you guys don't know what you're talking about, or if he's like nodding his head like we do, yeah, like cover twelve, yeah, like I mean, it looked like cover twelve to me. They just yeah. make up some coverage or something, just to yeah. Um, he um, he was Mike, doing it. There's only eleven guys on the field. You know, he was doing a hybrid Z zone. <laughs> um, you know, um, where he's asked yeah. to battle. Look like it to me, Fred. You know, look like it to yeah, me. Yeah, but like you know what my point is. My my my, my snark, snark aside. My point is, average football people. Like, Bill Belichick will look at two linemen and certainly be able to tell you the difference. Yeah. Average guys can't. But you can watch two wide receivers, average guys, and say, yeah. well, that guy's much quicker in and out of his breaks. That guy has much better hands. That yeah. guy just looks like he's a better – you know, like, you could see it. Yeah. But That's my point that I'm trying to make. Sure. Yeah. Um, let's see. Somebody uh, earlier emailed about what an improvement uh, having Evan – on the draft show was I uh, agree. Mark Eric. and Fall River concurs. I agree. He says after really what had felt to say like, two words. <laughs> after what felt like a lifetime of dealing with Eric Scalavino's <laughs> lack of caring at all about football <laughs> and pompous arrogance, you had an opportunity to replace him. Okay, here, here, here's this the is thing. happening again. All the like. Okay, I just want to step as in. I sit here. Emails get deleted. What's, What's going, going on? on? I love the fact that we had Evan on uh, the draft coverage this weekend for, for entirely I think different Eric reasons. Eric is deleting emails that I that I won't share <laughs> publicly. Um, but if we're going to criticize the guy who left for his pompous arrogance, <laughs> and we're not going to point out the fact that. The guy had that would replace him had a temper tantrum because he's insisting that he knows more about football than Bill Belichick. <laughs> and once Bill Belichick gone, that's to me a little bit of a disconnect. It's just it's like a very fo- and I, football and, focused and, version. And I of said it. all of this with e- with Evan, by the way. I go like, you want Bill out? You said it to him right on the show. Yeah. But you want Bill out? You think you know more than Bill? 
And he didn't deny it, right? That's true. I mean, the modern game. Yeah. Like somehow he's convincing himself the picks that he agrees with are Matt Groh picks. <laughs> right. Did you, uh, did you notice how he tried oh, to do that too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the Gonzalez pick, uh, it's clearly Matt. No, 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 no. You trade down from 14 to 17 to get pick yeah, 120. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a picture of Belichick in the in the draft dictionary. That's they're, right. They're like, it's like us doing the profiles. They rotate. You know, yeah. Matt gets a pick. Right. You get a pick. Right. Steve Belichick gets a pick. Uh and Except for Billy O gets none. And <laughs> no soup for you. Again, none, none for you. I, I you just back, got here. I go back to what Gerard Mayo said after, you know, after the pick. We're glad that coach made the pick yeah. because I know the room was thinking he's going to trade down again. Yeah, yeah. You know, Give us or our something. Guy. Give us know? our guy. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Vista, California, the draft's over, and we can now impatiently wish for the preseason to be here before we start impatiently wishing for the regular season to get here. No, guy. OTAs. Uh, I just saw – I just found out – remember when we impatiently – Waited for the AFC Championship game? <laughs> no, I hated that. That was the worst part of the year for <laughs> those me. Are the, those are the I things. I do. I do. When, <laughs> when Andy and I would argue with Fred about the things that were worrisome on the roster – and Fred would get mad, saying, "Like, what are you talking about?" We go, "No, no, no, no! Right, you got to stand in." We're like, talking about things that could potentially prevent them from hosting the AFC Championship, right? And Fred would be, "Oh, okay, all right." Uh, I just saw and found out that Mapu is a nephew of Junior Say. I'll call it wishful thinking, but now I have a higher hope for the kid. It had me thinking: What are some NFL royalty talent you wish worked out, or some you see as being future stars like Marvin Harrison Jr.? Oh God. Uh, yeah. I, I find that an odd thing. Like, you got anything yeah. on Teddy Bruschi's kids, Paul? And you, all your scouting. You find out that Logan Mankin's kid, Mapu, is related to Jimmy Sal. That makes you feel better about the pick. Yeah, he like, only made well, yeah, lineage, you know, pedigree. It, it can help. He met him once. No, I know, but it's yeah. the blood. It's the yeah. genes. It's in the blood. It's that's what I he's would, talking I about. I would argue, is he really like an uncle? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, is that, it like, like his like, father's brother? Like, right, I'm not right. sure. It's, it's one of those lifelong friends kind of thing. Yeah. Right. This is your Uncle Junior. I, I got a few of those, you know, like friends of ours. Like, oh, it's Uncle Mike. I'm like, you're not really your uncle. But. Um, yeah, these emails. Why are they? I don't know. It's, something's going on. Somebody has. They don't like you. Fred. Somebody has access to this thing or something. I don't I don't know what the hell. They uh, aren't deleting on my end. No, but this is supposed to be my box. So I don't uh, know uh, how anyone could even get in here. Somebody's messing with Fred's box. Leave stop Fred's it. box alone. Um, let's see. <laughs> Matt's like <clipping. laughs> uh, Jake in Bendingo, Australia. After letting the draft sit for a couple days, I finally come around to how we drafted. Now to the offense. We have Billy O in the building. We acquired minimal offensive pieces through the draft. We are putting a massive amount of faith in Billy O and him turning the O around with what we have. Come the end of the next season, we make the playoffs excellent. We missed the playoffs. Who is getting thrown under the bus then? Mac for not producing? Billy O for not getting the team where we needed? Or do I say it, dare say it, Bill Belichick for not setting the team up to win? So you think that they have to make the playoffs or someone's got to? Next year. Yeah. Someone's got to go? Yeah, that's what he's. Who, who, who gets the blame? I mean, it depends on what it looks like. I think the only one out of those three that even has a chance to not be around is Mac. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's something to think about with the fifth year. Option. I mean, I'd love to. Well, it'd be his fourth year, though. Like you, would, you just have to make the decision. Well, on the mean, fifth yeah, right. Year. That's what I mean, though. Like, is that? I, I mean, I think Mac will be back next year too. But I mean, Billy O's not going anywhere, and Belichick's not going anywhere unless something happens. They're not getting rid of those two guys unless something happens. Like, yeah, with them individually, like they did something. 
It's, I mean, it's that's just how I feel. I don't think anybody's going anywhere. It's just getting interesting. I mean, it's getting the teams are getting good. Jets. I mean, it's it's going to be quite the year. Uh, let's see. Paulie P says, um, I said nothing. So with plenty of time to go back over the draft and think about the Patriots picks, I'm sold on every pick but two. No matter how hard I try, I just cannot like the Keon White pick. Every play I watch just seems to take away way too long to get to the ball carrier. I don't see him being very effective getting his hands on athletic quarterbacks in today's NFL. He looks like he's running in sand way too often, even though I watched all his snaps against Broderick Jones and White won a lot of the pass rush reps. He was nowhere close to getting to the quarterback in time, and Jones had no problem moving White in the run game. I think White has bust written all over him. The second pick is kind of a combination of two picks close together. Hearing today that they want to try uh, Sal at tackle, I can't help but think the right move in the fourth round would have been to take Dewan Jones instead of Jake Andrews and then either take Andrews at 117 instead of Sal. Uh, Jones has uh, physical gifts that Sal just doesn't have and will be a starting right tackle at some point this season in Cleveland. Like Evan said, if you want a receiver, just draft a receiver. If you want a right tackle, draft a 6'8", 359-pound freak, not a guard who was a long shot to even play the position. All in all, I love the draft, however. See, I just don't know. I mean, look at how far DeWan Jones dropped. And so many, it's just, I, I, it's so on display what groupthink happens during the draft. And all of our, like, mock drafts and our big boards and everything, like, it, it's always kind of the same guys, you know? And a lot of the guys they drafted were nowhere on, on my radar, certainly. And, you know, it's just, it's hard. It's hard to know what the heck they're going to do. But Did you know. someone come out and say that they were intended on playing Sal at tackle? No, I think uh, that was a Breer thing. A Breer in his okay. notes just saying that he had played there. Well, he played yeah. there, but like in that, 2018. They think that maybe that, that he could. I, that was it just was a Breer. A, I get the sense that get they the might sense. work is, him out at that, tackle what does that this mean? summer. Like, he played at he's Eastern Michigan, right? Yeah. He played at Eastern Michigan and hasn't played tackle in four years? I think 19 yeah. is the year he played I thought tackle. it was 18. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll put him there in shorts and see what he looks like if he looks the part. Evans back. How was Juju? Good. Yeah, I I was a little faster um, than Myers. <laughs> he said he's the slowest receiver on the team. Not even kidding. He was kidding, well, obviously, but huh. uh, he, he he might be. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, he he was great. Yeah, I, I think he genuinely seemed excited to be here was maybe even a little bit surprised at how much he likes it here already i think uh, you know the thing that he said that stood out to him or that has really made it great here is just the people um on the offense the receivers in that receiver room i think he's had a good time with a lot of those guys and uh, they they've had a good time together off the field at Celtics game last night bowling a couple weeks ago the one thing that he he did mention was that uh you know in the free agency process that that Belichick was a big draw for him to come play here and that the Patriots had met with him a little bit in the pre-draft process coming out of USC and it all kind of came full circle this offseason when they showed interest but I think the one thing that maybe surprised me a little bit is I thought we were maybe we're going to get this Judon type personality like big loud you know uh, a lot of energy and uh, he he had had swag and some personality to him but he wasn't 
very loud or or demonstrative like like Judon is. You know, Judon's a was he uh, silly at all? That's uh, that's my bit. thing with Judon is just that Judon's silly. A little bit. You know, he was joking around with us. You know, someone asked him what what would you say are your best attributes at a, as a receiver, and he was like slow, can't block. You know, like he was messing with the reporter. So uh, there was a little bit of that going on, I think. And uh, he did mention Joe Tooney. Uh, being somebody that he uh, really enjoyed playing with in Kansas City and maybe had a few conversations with with Tooney about coming here to New England before he he signed here. But like I said, I think he genuinely seems almost taken aback about how much fun he's having here. I think all the the noise outside the building is always that it's so serious and they don't have any a good time. They don't have any fun. And I, I think he's a little bit surprised at how much fun he's having. And I think, you know, uh, the one thing he did say about the playbook uh, was that the it, he thinks that they deserve a college degree for the amount of studying that they have to do to learn this playbook. And at first when I said that, I was like, okay. But then I, when I thought about it some more uh, – I didn't hear a lot of that last year. No, simplified about right? the playbook and how com- you know. The, oh, it was it's so complex. And you know, he said he's making flashcards. But, but, but it is interesting that he's saying that coming from Kansas City, yeah. which I would think would have a really thick playbook. Yeah. So he he said that you know he's going to go home after this and actually study more and put a couple more hours in. And he says he's making flashcards and he's doing all this this homework uh, to learn the offense. So. He definitely talked about the the complexity and the just the volume uh, of the playbook, which, like Mike just said, I didn't hear any of that last year. So I think this is a whole different ball game as we would expect with Bill O'Brien. It's a we got a PhD playbook again. This is not this is not uh, just so much playing fast, <laughs> right? Uh, Paul, did you make an of monsters and men reference? I did. Oh, what was it? I did. David wants to compliment you on it. Oh. Um, I forget now. Oh. We were talking about monsters. What's this of monsters and men? What is that? It's like a it's obscure like, group. Oh, it's not a kids movie. It's not a no. Swedish it's, a, it's a song. I know of mice and men, but it's that's a, a it's a that's song that was like a top. It was like a top forty song. I can't oh. think of it now. All right, uh, but you're just throwing out references. What is it of monsters and men? Of monsters yeah. and men. How oh, I know these guys. Uh, let's get back to the Ace Ticket Hotline eight five five past five hundred. What's the name of the song? Uh, little talks was one. Little Dirty talks. Paws, that's little, another little one. talks is the top forty up song I was thinking of. Okay. Uh, Spee's in Fresno. What's up, Spee? Hey, how's it going? Uh, I uh, that that uh, Cole Strange talk before was pretty interesting. Evan, it was before while you were away, but um, yeah, like the, like I wonder if the how Mankins would have looked in the off, the Patriots offense last year. It's kind of like a difficult comparison because what Mankins was was his first year oh five. Am I right? Yeah. Um, so, like, that, obviously he's on a better team all around. So, but I mean, no, make it. Paul, it's not even a comparison. Kind of like hiding. Yeah. No, they're both first round picks at that position. No, but I'm not talking about. We're talking about two entirely different things. I'm saying that you can play as a rookie offensive lineman, and you're you're not really going to get a lot of criticism unless. Bill does what he did with Cole Strange and takes him out of the lineup, yeah. which tells everybody. Sure. He's, uh, you he's know, having he's, a hard time. He's up and down. He's yeah, having he's a hard time. T- he was telling everybody. Yep. If he just played every snap of every game, everybody said, this is a rock-solid rookie year for Cole Strange. <laughs> Could have played the same exact caliber, yeah. but no one's going to look at it the same way as we looked at, as my comparison continues to be, Nikhil Harry, 
who from the moment he stepped on the field as a Patriot did not look good. He didn't look smooth. You could see it. Like even idiots like me. I was actually crediting you for your pin and pull pop, <laughs> you know, your little violence with the first step. Like I said, leave that. What that? That's this is how we got. I go, leave that to the little talks of Greg and Evan. <laughs> and that's when I said little talks of monsters and men. That's oh. where that's how oh, that there came you up. Oh, yeah, and we brought okay. it all home. That's yeah. how that came up. But I was saying <laughs> most most people just watch Yeah. And yeah. They, like I will absolutely put myself in this category. I'm not watching the offensive linemen breaking it down. Bill can watch Michael Owenu and Cole Strange and tell you every reason why Michael Owenu was more effective at guard last year than Cole Strange was. I can't, other than when they just get beat on a blitz. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, but on, on I can watch Nikhil Harry and tell you why he wasn't as good as Jacoby Myers when they were both rookies. Right. Yeah, yeah he, uh, Cole Strange uh, had a good end to the year. I thought he finished well, and that maybe is optimistic in terms of what he'll come in in year sure. two. Had a decent end of the season. Really good game against Pittsburgh early on. He'll be fine. But uh, the, there was some – I think the the conversation around him and just the outward, oh, you know, they hit on Cole Strange, I I would calm down with that. Oh, you can't say that <laughs> His His rookie year was up and down. You cannot sure. say that yet. But my, I got into an argument with Paul because I said you can't also you can't say it's a bust. He's a and bust I don't yet. say that no. he's a bust. No, I think I the, don't. I said yeah. last year was bust like, but I can't say that after one year. He certainly said all the right things at the uh, at the draft party the other night. I think he said that he is ga- looking to gain about twenty pounds of of muscle in the off season because that was the biggest thing was just. NFL power, right? Big guys that that you know, Quinn and Williams types that were just getting right into him and pushing him over. The Forrest Buckner. Yeah, right? th- those are those that's guys we gave him a handful. Of. That's what we yeah. were afraid and of then, going in. Yeah, the run game. I think the bigger concern was balance and uh, ending up on the ground a little bit too often because he's being over aggressive and trying to get out of his stance and firing out and and then he's getting head over heels. But yeah, the 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 power rushers, the interior guys pushing him uh, the pocket was a big problem. Well, I, I was said, uh, thanks. I Pete. saw him. We saw him at that party, and I said, I don't really, I don't see twenty pounds on there yet. Uh, maybe that's a work in progress. Yeah, it's only May. <laughs> it's only May. It's only May. We can learn nutrition at the NFL. Sure, level. get those <clears throat> milkshakes. Skinless chicken. Uh, Anthony writes in. I assume that in the second tenure of Josh McDaniels as OC, Bill probably let Josh handle most of the offensive game plan and probably just gave the thumbs up most of the time and trusted him. Do you feel he will have the same trust now? I'm quite sure he has had his hands all over last year's disaster. So now will he focus more on defense? Excuse me, and the overall team. Little Jersey Mike's coming. Up there. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I I just the thing that I that interests me is I think that the the changes to the offense last year obviously were Bill's decision, and I think the philosophical changes not so much like what did you install with, but like the overall like down the field trying to make big plays like philosophically I felt like there was an evolution last year as much as there was they they put Matty P in charge so I just wonder how much of that bill influence of you know is it him saying to compete right now in this league we have to push the ball down the field consistently that's the only like because to me every time we went out there in training camp those were the only plays that they that they made and that was never really the case in previous training camps so I don't know I assume to Evan's point about the playbook thing that Bill O'Brien just came in and took the last year's playbook and dropped it in the trash and he's like this is mine now but I still would think that Bill has some kind of influence on what direction he wants the offense to go with Mac. Well, and certainly, and like Bill needs to talk to you know all the offensive coaches that were here last year to find out okay who's good at what, 
who do I have here? Yeah. You know, like, who are the players that I have to work with? And, like, you can't throw out everything from last year, you know? So oh, throw it all out. <laughs> Every last <laughs> piece of it. But, I mean, like, you know. Well, there's basic plays yeah. that are going to be in any Light it up. Bit, light a match and say a prayer. But, you know, even go back to, like, the selection of Thornton. You know, that's not really usually one of their kind of guys. Like, I, I just – I don't connect all of that just to Matt Patricia. I think that that was, you know, part of a bigger sea change that's going on offensively, or at least that they're trying to employ – uh, that they think they need to do to, you know, get from whatever that Josh's version of the offense was to, you know, something different, whether that's Mac, whether it's there's the a little weapons. bit of macro in there, yeah. too, I think, because every time we talk to macro about evolution in the sport, I think he talks a lot about speed and athleticism and that being where the league is going. And I think a lot of their draft picks all over the field, not just offense, but defense too, have pointed to, I mean, Gonzalez runs a 4-3-8. Mapu is this new age hybrid linebacker safety type of player. So I think a lot of their moves have been to get faster everywhere. Uh, Audrey says, uh, great draft shows again. I will always listen to you live, my top choice, and Mike was even funny this year. Much less stressed. <laughs> Audrey's always up my butt. Yeah. <laughs> I must say you may finally have some competition. The Rich Keefe live draft party was excellent, featuring old pals Andy and Fitzy. They were jacked up on energy drinks, especially Andy. They didn't tip picks and reacted to each one live. It was hilarious. Definitely worth listening to the day after on the podcast. Yeah. This yeah. is what you guys always do. You no. change my argument and put words in my mouth. I wonder if Fitzy asked him about tides. That was my Fitzy's like, oh, I'm on the draft show with yeah. Andy. And I'm like, if you can, yeah. slip in something about Rivers but having yeah, tides. Yeah, I mean, when Fitzy, you know, he's not one to uh, have short sentences. Conciseness is not part of his uh, <laughs> Oh, act. no, with a couple of And then uh, and, when Andy references. gets going on energy drinks, I mean, forget it. I mean, I don't know how Rich Keefe would get a word in edgewise. Is that a big Andy thing? Energy drink Andy? Is that oh, like he would come in. Familiar Fred with? started it. He brought in five-hour energies for all of us. For the draft shows. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Andy would come in, and he'd be, like, bouncing off the wall. Then last hour, he's just, like, uh, he's, he's, like, sleeping. Yeah. You know, like a baby in a crib. Yeah. <laughs> I can't yeah. imagine he Andy. would crash. I can't imagine low-energy Andy, like, on a, on a show. Oh, yeah. He would yeah. crash. Right over in that corner where you're sitting right now, he just he would just end it. Just eat his food, push his mic away, eat his food, and uh, shut her down. Uh, let's see. Johnny Johnny writes in. His I, daddy. I want to thank you, Fred, for almost making me choke on my lunch laughing at my box comment, and then Deuce and Paul with the future clip for Matt to edit. Yep. Uh, Evan is arrogant, he says. He's like Miranda Cosgrove in School of Rock. But that's why he's going to be the next Schefter. Put the work in, and it shows. Miranda Cosgrove in School of Rock. I know that's a good. That's a good reference. I, like I know the movie. movie. I, I appreciate the backhanded compliments, <laughs> but uh, the, yeah, the it's a good girl. movie. Yeah. She eventually the comes principal. Around. No, no, no. She she's one of the students. That, that's true. You guys eventually get me to come around on things. <laughs> she that's she true. eventually comes around. Yeah, someone – so this is another shot I took of you. I like to be up front with the shots I took <laughs> I appreciate that. At least it's not backhanded compliments. As I, as I said before, most of the stuff I was saying I've already said to you. But this one was new. Um, <laughs> someone called Sit it and down. said – Someone called it and said, what a great addition that Evan was to the draft shows, um, to which we all agreed. I agreed for a reason I couldn't share on air because oh. it allowed me to do far less. That's why I, that's why I agreed. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, he said, after years of listening to arrogant Eric not have any time for it, I said, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> if we're going to criticize the guy who left 
for being arrogant and not recognize the guy who replaced them <laughs> as thinking he knows more than Belichick and being all pissy when he didn't pe- pick the guys that he wanted it's to fair. pick. <laughs> it's fair. See, I told <laughs> you. And I said at the time, I said, and Eric will, I mean, uh, Evan will agree because oh. I said to him on the show, you think you know more than Bill and you want Bill out, and you didn't disagree. Yeah, I don't think I know more than Bill. I and I want to make that very clear. Good. But he, ish. He, clearly, ish. he clearly knows more than me. I think I know enough to have an opinion that's different from Bill. That's, like may, maybe that that's sort of where I come from. Uh, more of that. I mean, he knows so much more yeah. than football that I will ever know in my life. But I know enough about football to be like, I like this player more than that player. That's I, I always get mad yeah, when... That's Eric's thing is he didn't care who they picked. Just pick somebody. Just pick somebody. Yeah. Oh, he, he, would, he, he, didn't have, he didn't want that trade down. Uh-huh. That trade down in the first, he would have been like, oh, again. Yeah. But I, that's one thing we always push back at. Like people are oh, you guys think you know more? No. Of course not. But that doesn't mean we can't have a show. We can't talk yeah. about the things that we think. I mean, I know they lost, but they played great. Um, well, that's what a lot of people, you know. <laughs> Matt Morrell. I shouldn't Na- say a lot of people. Nathan Some still hasn't want. got his T-shirt. Did you get that email? It's in the mail, Nathan. It's in the mail. Okay. Nathan. I mean, you know. So I was asked to sign a shirt for somebody today. That was my That was. That was, <laughs> that was my doing. Yeah. That didn't ha- Casey I, came up for a, didn't a PU T-shirt, and I was like, you want me to sign that for him? I'm like, why don't you get Paul's to sign? <laughs> she comes in and goes, get the star of the show I said, to sign No. <laughs> Uh, let's see. Um, James in the Cube. Been a while since I've emailed, but I still listen to every show. Thanks. Yeah, James in the Cube. Uh, your discussion about Strange got me wondering if maybe they could try him at tackle. He's got the athleticism and enough length. Always thought he looked a bit more like a tackle than a guard. Any chance? No. I don't think so. I don't know. I was, I mean, you know, when I'm talking about what he looks like now, I was looking at him like, what does he look like? I don't know what he looks like. Maybe a center, but like he looks small for a guard. He doesn't really look like a tight end to me. I don't know. Like if I just had to look at his body type and what position does that guy play in the NFL, I'm not sure what I would what I would come up what with. What did they take? Two two fourth round guards. Yeah. Yeah. In a sixth round guard. No, uh, in the, a, oh, yeah. center. In a one of them's the a center. fourth's a center. The first one yeah. is so, like, mostly. But he why is everybody too. convinced that three day three pick signal is position change for Cole Strange? Oh, we're we're doing it all over the yeah. map. Mike Onwenu back to tackle. Cole yeah. Strange to tackle. Yeah. No, but the Michael Onwenu thing, like not necessarily the move to tackle, but he's in the last year of his deal. I get that. Like, is that that connected. probably that yeah. probably is connected? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and they look just like him. But I mean, why, they're all kind of. These, why do yep. we want to trade? Why do we want to change Cole Strange's position? And we, I we, don't know what we said going to. into the draft, they'll probably take a guard or two late in the draft. They did. What? Well, it wasn't late enough. It wasn't late enough. Well, yeah, they were a little early. I'm not saying that yeah. I think that. I'm saying that that's... And I think the <laughs> fact that it was a, a primary center... I mean, Jake Andrews did play some guard, too, but he primary center, I think, last two seasons. So, you know, that one was just a little bit of a of a scratcher, too. Yeah, but a primary center can also play guard. Yeah, more and they, more and than it, likely. And, yeah. and, and yes. I, I don't know if I they agree. need it that early in day three, but, I mean, like we've talked about, what their backup situation was on the interior. I mean, Rusi was undrafted guy. Ference, I mean, you know, he's been doing it for a while, but small, and every time he gets put in there, you're like, just hold on. You know, I, I think last year we all would have liked to just, hey, would it be great if, you know, a Chase and Hines last year had been that backup rotational guard, you know, that kind of thing, because it just it felt like they're thin all over the offensive line last year. I, I still think they did too much and too early, but I do think that it was uh, some additions that needed to be made. Uh, Rick and Dallas, uh, first fantastic draft coverage. I spent all weekend listening. So much better than the talking heads on ESPN. Thank you. Second, I do not understand all these callers complaining about the draft. It seems fantastic to me. They got at least three day one starters, Gonzalez, Ryland, and Barringer. 
white. <laughs> Can you just name the specialist? <laughs> <laughs> See, that's why I don't judge the emails before they get to them because you don't know. That was so well done. Walked them right white, into it. who will contribute immediately. One to two future uh, IOL starters. What Interior, is Interior offensive line. line. Sorry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and a, a couple term. of wide receivers who could end up being stars. Why is everyone complaining? Name one other team other than the Philadelphia Bulldogs who had a draft with as many current and future contributors. <laughs> so that's, but that's exactly what I was saying at the top of the show. I agree that they got a lot of contributors yeah. from this draft. It's other than Christian Gonzalez. But you have to get contributors when you draft your kicker and punter. Right. Like, I agree, though, with that sentiment that they have guys that right. will be on the roster that will contribute in some capacity. How, they. But, how many needle movers did they get? Right, but the bigger point, which we've said explicitly on this show, is that they need blue chip needle mover guys, and these well, like you know, like that. You you just put in a blue chip there. How many of well, those were available? That's what I well, I know, but yeah. that's what I mean. But the you're potential. at least hoping the potential, like right. you know, to to be there. And I know that. Look, any third round pick, if you're trying to sell them as a blue chip right now in any one of the 32 markets, that people are laughing at you. But and that's why I'm. Just lukewarm. We'll see what happens wow. with these guys. According to the NFL.com, all the AFC East teams are in the top 10 rank for power ranking except the Patriots. Okay. Bills, Jets, and Miami are all in the top Who 10 of their power ranking. I'm going to call them and give them a piece I of just, my mind. Am I, am I the only one that I, maybe this is just a homer in me that is not entirely sold that this Aaron Rodgers thing is going to be a slam dunk for the Jets? Am I, am I on an island well, on that? I, I do remember slam dunk. I do remember having an argument with you about them last year last saying year. that Aaron Rodgers was checked out, and you <laughs> pushed back at me for that, saying they were going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs. I, but I, I Now he's a Jet. So maybe it is a little yeah, bit of a homer. Maybe it take. is. I don't, but he's a year older, and I just – I don't know. I, I don't think it's a guarantee it works. Well, yeah, and a, I don't think it was a guarantee at the time that they were going to be a dangerous team in the playoffs, like I said. But, it, I, but I, if, it, if it does work, then I think the Jets are a, a, a contender. Yeah. If it, if it works. If, he's, if, if he has any Tom Brady in him at all. Now, I saw that the Jets were putting out some – some video of him on field already working a Garrett as part of the offseason program. Yeah. Uh, they did. It, well, they have a new coordinator. Isn't that the rule? Oh, is that? Oh, because of that? Right. Aren't so then we can we too, right? Coordinator. Yeah. Well, we're, didn't Bill say that last week that we're going to be out there? No, but are they throwing? Like, I thought yeah. you guys. Oh, I think, no, think Billy O no said we'll be on the on. field this week. Yeah, no helmets or Yeah, no, they had no helmets yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. I think Billy O said when we talked to him last week, the podium will be out on the field next week. We were walking by him today. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just I don't know. I I looked at that clip that they actually put, and it was literally one five second clip of him throwing like a slant oh, to oh, Garrett wait a Wilson. Minute. That, cl- yeah. that w- was Garrett that, Wilson. That was uh, that was. Didn't they put his head on somebody else's no. body? No, no, no. This was real. This was real. This was from he the was Jets. Just, he just official faked. Twitter there was no nobody there. That he like faked a handoff and threw a pass. Yeah, you didn't even see where it went. It was that once. He didn't put a yeah. head on somebody. No. That was Aaron Rodgers. No, it was fake. Aaron Rodgers' head, but it was on some. No, 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 no. This was real. It this was, was like Aaron Rodgers. This is. Oh, but okay. but I thought someone, I'm like, oh, okay. That's and I'm not fake. talking about that work. I'm saying, does he have the Tom Brady in him where he's going to commit himself and say, yeah. I am going to. F you to Green Bay, to Gutenkunst. I'm going to show you yeah. that I still have something left. Now, I don't know if he has that. He's got a weird sense I don't know him, if he you know? has that in him. Yeah. Like, Tom, you kind of got a sense with that maniacal oh, yeah. nature of his Tom was that he was, he was going to recommit. Yeah. I don't know if he has and, that. And that might be the, the, the gist of 
you know, not everything clearly, but why Tom Brady got six Super Bowls, you know, and, and he's got one. And he one, has one. Right? And, and most people who watch those two guys play say that Rodgers has more skill. Oh, yeah. And I don't think there's a huge argument to be made against that. No. But there's a reason why one guy has five more titles. Right. Six more titles, sorry. It's upstairs. Six more titles. I, I do think that Rodgers is going to be energized. I think he's going to you know want to show his gratitude to the Jets and the fans and – you know he's going to want to. I mean, you know, elevate that team, and you know, it's. Let's face it: if they make the playoffs, it's because of Aaron Rodgers. Well, you guys, and he knows know, it. You guys would know this better than me, but I mean, what's the what's the difference like the media in Green Bay and and how they treat you in Green Bay versus yep. in New York yep. and how they treat Huge. you in New York? Oh yeah, you know, and, and what's which and is and another it, reason why I'm not sure it'll work. Yeah, the first slip up, they'll be all over them. And they'll be on the he, cover when of the he Daily comes News out with this little scotch and and relax. Yeah. What is this? They'll be like. Hey, F buddy. you, don't tell me when to relax. Hey, <laughs> I'll relax when you get them in the playoffs. How's that sound? You know, that's the kind yeah, of yeah, adversarial yeah. relationship there can be. Remember your boy, the urine stream. Yeah, Meta Mita. Oh, Meta. Oh, man, he's out of the business. Well, I forgot you know, He about broke him. enough journalistic rules to, to be out of the business. Yeah, the Jets broke him. I don't know. I, I know it's – I know. It, it could easily go the other way and they could be in the Super Bowl next year. Nobody would be that shocked, but I just – it's not I feel like it's being taught like they're a top 10 team in power rankings and all this stuff I and know. it's it's being well, talked about like it's like guaranteed that but this I think is gonna they're work thinking out. about like Bryce Hall being back you know like yeah that doesn't move the needle for me well who's who's who do but you think I agree better? I agree with what you're saying I'm just saying I, I don't who would you pick them or Miami just take Patriots out of this take back Patriots and Bills out of the situation who do you think's the better team between the Jets, Jets. with Aaron Rodgers and Jets Jets I think yeah. Miami hmm? what I think Miami based on what their talent and the Jets now, defense. Now, if you're asking me who I'm going to invest in, I think there's a better chance that Aaron Rodgers plays 17 games than Tua. Yeah, that's a big one. Right. But if I think at full strength, I think Miami's better. Yeah. That's okay. You don't have to agree. He's like <laughs> he's disgusted at me. You see that? I'm, I'm he, like, turned the other uh, way like, Paul, this guy. I mean, Paul shows. I, I mean, it's pretty good when you. Guy. I mean, it's pretty good when you go when you go head to head with the two rosters, though. I mean, they both, you know, th- there's some talent on those teams. So. Yeah. Uh, Andy in Cleveland spent 16 hours in the car this weekend. Very happy to have all the draft show content to pass some of the time. Sorry, Alex and Tamara weren't on more. I think more of their energy would have been a good addition. Mm. Uh, I have energy. I guess we weren't energized mm. enough, huh? Uh, I have no problem with tipping picks. Totally agree. The NFL presentation drags out the announcement, but then why awkwardly break in with audio of Goodell making the official announcement? I'm glad we pick first and second rounders in the first and second round. The rest is beyond my expertise to grade, but glad there are some receivers to watch in training camp and that by the end of the draft, I feel like the show, PU, Patriots Unfiltered, isn't too negative on the picks overall, so I feel well, hopeful. I, I think we were pretty positive on the picks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there were picks that we didn't like, but I think we were pretty. Well, positive. thank God we took the uh, the first wide receivers. Or Eric would, I mean, uh, Evan would have called the whole. But the thing first a bust. two pick, I mean, that's true. I think the way the guy described that, I I would largely consider myself that kind of a, you know, like you get beyond the fourth and fifth rounds. I mean, you, you're beyond my area of expertise. Like that's not what I'm judging a draft on. Oh, uh, my my opinion on the draft definitely changed in the sixth round. Yeah, no, I, I, not gonna and, lie, and that's yeah. fine. It didn't for me. Yeah, like uh, I, I, I like the first two picks, and if you get anything else after that, that's gravy. Well, I got a question for you. We had a call about uh, Malik Cunningham, which we talked about a little oh bit. Gosh. Curious what uh, the it, new Jeff Thomas. Think. I call him the undra- undrafted Lamar Jackson. <laughs> he's literally, we're we're getting weight. He he's a really good runner. He is, and and that's something that I think that uh, 
that is exciting, but for what? Uh, for preseason, <laughs> I, I'm for excited preseason about it. No, I'm excited and too. his role on the team to me is a better scout team quarterback for guys like right? Lamar and, yeah. and and the other mobile quarterbacks they it. might face. Because you don't think be, Brian Hoyer was good at that. Beyond, <laughs> beyond that, I. There's a lot of already that Jeff Thomas, you know, Patriot fandom hype about. Like, look out, Mac! Not as no. much that, more about him playing receiver. I, w- I, I was hoping Jeff Thomas would. <laughs> Freddie was being a big Jeff Thomas. More, more about him playing receiver. Was it Jeff Daniels? I would say than than quarterback. Uh, you know, people thinking, oh well, they could use that to his skill set, the running skill set as as a receiver. Uh, I just would say that I I am hope that we don't need to use Marcus Jones and Malik Cunningham's and those because you have actually good receivers that play receiver yeah. for a living and you don't actually have to uh, find that the reason why Marcus Jones played offense last year is cuz they ha- they needed it. They needed him to play offense. They needed him to play and uh, and make a big play impact. Hopefully, Tyquan Thornton's doing that for you this year. Hopefully, Juju Smith-Schuster is doing that for you. Uh, ho- maybe one of these six-round guys hits, and hopefully, one of those guys contributes. Like it shouldn't have to be that they found this UDFA quarterback that's turning into a receiver that now is making big plays for you on offense. You mean like Julian Edelman? Well, he was a seventh-round pick. Oh, okay, that's, <laughs> that's close. True. Close. Otherwise, perfect. Yeah. Um, Vincent writes in. Uh, great never, show. Having, never change. Having Patriots withdrawal. Uh, you're kidding me about the Rogers head, right? <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, no, I, yeah, well, was. no, I, I don't know. know. No. Fred speaks no, for himself. I swear to That's God, Fred. I, I saw this one clip. He's got like you know, like the a giant red, head. He's got a red shirt, but it's got a number eight on it. Yes, yeah, that's, that's the number, number he wears. That's his number this year. Oh, he wears gonna, number he, eight. He's going to be eight now. Yeah. yeah, and and he throws, but like it, it looked like his head was put on a body. It okay. it didn't look real somebody, to me. Somebody like like I told you I don't think it. he's I don't wait think who he was was twelve Namath yeah yeah I was gonna say yeah yeah and I think eight was his college number too but I'm not at, at Cal yeah it was. I think that's the whole thing um you know the Malik Cunningham thing like I don't care like it's a third quarterback that you're taking a flyer on but I'm gonna be a lot more excited selfishly watching a preseason game if he's on the field as yeah. opposed to Brian Hoyer. Right. You know, some fifteen year veteran who's playing against guys at Sonny's car wash. Like I wanna watch a guy running around making plays. Maybe he can't play, maybe he can't throw. I don't know, but I, I would much rather watch that skill set than Absolutely. a veteran pocket passer. Yeah. Well, I feel the same way about like like the Bam Childress of the world. Like I just I think Booty, like I have no idea what he's gonna be, but at least yeah. I know that there's a little bit of intrigue there of like well let's, let's see what he's got. Oh, you know? I, I, and, and I, I know like I wanted I wanted Dorian Thompson Robinson, you know, with a late pick. Yeah. This guy's not as good as that as as a passer. But like I, I think that's what they were thinking. Like yeah. that's the kind of guy that's the profile that they wanted. An athletic, yeah. mobile quarterback. This guy probably doesn't throw well enough, to, but you know maybe he develops. Who knows? Uh, Caleb in Knoxville he writes in. Every yeah, offseason, there is a barrage of fans. He has that Fons. in quotes. Who call or write in having complete hissy fits and think they know better than the coach who has been in the league longer than my favorite oh, emails. Than their so-called fans have been alive. No, Bill isn't perfect, and he's made plenty of mistakes over the years, and especially lately. But you're not allowed to call him out. But on can him. we please stop with the constant crying? I and many others listen in to enjoy some Patriots insight and take a break from life. It's beyond annoying that almost every episode of Patriots Unfiltered has 20 minutes or more of fans melting down and wanting our head coach to be fired. 
Get a grip, people. Your personal identity doesn't lie in a professional sports team. I'm looking at people like Eldred especially. Just stop being a fan oh, I like or Eldred. stop watching. Don't take shots great, great fan. Listener. Just stop great being calling. a fan? Why, why oh. should anyone stop being a fan? I, you know. So he's made plenty of mistakes over the years, but evidently Eldred's not allowed to call in and say when he thinks he's made a mistake. Yeah. Right? Right. You're only allowed to wait till after it approves to be a mistake. Then you could say, well, that was a mistake. Apparently we're too arrogant when we do that. <laughs> uh, let's go to Chris and Scott. I just hate the idea of, like, well, you think you know as much as... Hey, guys. No, no, we don't. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Hey, Fred. Uh, I owe you an apology uh, for last week. Um, I cut you off and didn't mean to do that um, when we were talking about the draft and How dare you. Uh, on, some of the Fred. decisions that Belichick's been making and what have you. But um, I just wanted to let you know the reason why that, that happened is you don't know when you're going to be let go from the call and you have these points that you want to get out and... Uh, you know, it just kind of snowballs on you when you're in passions like that. Sure. All right. We'll, no we'll, no we'll, worries. We'll accept your apology. Yeah, apology accepted. <laughs> I don't even remember it, but, you know, that's. Well, I'm yeah. just saying, I, you know, I, I actually, I felt so badly about it, but I asked Paul to, to slide along the apology to you for me, but I just wanted to make sure it got to you. Okay. Thank you. Um, with that being said, you know, it was funny when uh, they were talking about Paul signing a T-shirt. I thought about you guys, what's next? Trading cards where, like, Evan's Rookie of the Year and Mike Reese and, oh, and all these guys are in no. a subset. That's, <laughs> the, that that's the boys at PU calendar. <laughs> Just check the pro shop. It'll be in there. July. There it goes. Uh, so I had a question for Evan about uh, Bute. What I mean? Oh, I thought you said Wu Tang. It, it sounds like he's not a blazer. You know, he's not a well. You know, a, a four-three guy or anything like that. Um, do you feel like he can bring anything to the table? Oh yeah, I I, I don't think that that's entirely accurate. So his ankle injury is what really limited his explosiveness. But when he uh, was pre-injury, he he was an explosive player. That was pretty much the whole allure of, of the player at the time. He's a power slot receiver, I think. Uh, you know, a little bit bigger um, than than most slot receivers, 5'11", 200 pounds. In a lot of ways, honestly, from a skill set, skill set perspective, uh, he reminds me a lot of Juju. Like, I, I think there's a lot of that type of explosiveness after the catch, going to catch those, you know, five-step five slants and dig routes and things over the middle of the field and then hopefully – run with him for a little while. The one thing that I think changes between him and Juju is Juju is much better in traffic and much better at the catch point than, than Butte. I think honestly on film, that's probably the biggest concern other than all the other things we talked about with the hands and the ability to make contested catches. But uh, he's a little similar to that. I've compared him to Jarvis Landry at times in the past too, or even like a oh, Christian Kirk. A uh, so someone like that, that this, he's an explosive guy when he's right. Yeah, just to sure. show you Thanks, how much, Chris. just how much talent he has. When he was coming out of high school, he was the number two wide receiver recruit. He was a five-star, yeah. but he was the number two wide receiver recruit in the country. Yeah, yeah his like first – That's, uh, that's a, like a position I mean, that has a lot where, where, of talent. Where would he have gone if he stayed on the trajectory first round. of his sophomore year? First I mean, or second first round. round. Every, I mean, they had SEC. him at a lot – like, again – Doing a lot of research on it. a lot of a big LSU guy. A lot. I love LSU. You know, know that, Fred. There's a lot of people that had him in the second round with a possibility of being in the first. Evan's not wrong. Yeah. Um, but I, w- I do want to read the rest of that email that you got deleted because. My apologize. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Mark in Fall River, Uh-oh. he says, 
this is the rest of the, the email that got cut off. After what felt like a lifetime of dealing with Eric Scalavino's lack of caring at all about football and pompous arrogance, you had an opportunity to replace him. After this draft season with Evan, I can say beyond the shadow of a doubt, one out of two ain't bad. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. All right. That's going to be it for this edition of Patriots Unfiltered. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the gang will be back on Thursday. I won't be on the show Thursday. I'm going to be busy. But uh, you guys will be here. I'll be here Thursday. Yeah. All right. We'll talk to you then. Thank you for downloading this podcast. Subscribe on Apple, Google Play, and everywhere else you listen. Like the show? Please rate and review us. Listener comments and ratings help keep us high in the podcast rankings so new listeners can find us. Be sure to check Patriots.com for more news and more podcasts. The world's original.